he's showing Jam Jam how the sausage is made now, though. So he's probably lost all interest in the pot. <laughs> like no, 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 no. I've not lost any interest. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm, I'm, I, I, I love sausage making. Um, I, would, I, would, I would prefer to if it was already made, but uh, <laughs> I guess if we're making it, let's do the track. Let's do the track. Let's do the track. Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. It's a podcast about rugby. We like rugby. We like talking about rugby, but mostly about non-rugby related matters. I'm Adam, coming to you from Johannesburg, and joining me today, it's a first, it's a five-man. Uh, we have a type five. We can call it the ERB type five. We're going to try to do uh, five people on today's episode, but starting with uh, the, the regulars, uh, Alex, how are you? What's up, Adam? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm all right. How's Cape Town? Cape Town's okay. Yeah, it's um, it was we had a bit of rain over the weekend, so that was quite nice. Ah, okay. Well, uh, it's raining here in Joburg, so high five to you, uh, Matt. How are you? Yeah, I'm George. Uh, not too bad. You're not hanging. You had a bachelor's yesterday. No, surprisingly, I'm in a good shape, and so just yeah, just a little slow, but generally fine. I think I'm just tired more than anything. Uh, okay. No, that that that's good. Ben, how are you across the what do we call it? The Madagascar Strait. <laughs> yeah, what, what did we name it again? The the Madagascar. The yeah, either Gulch. way, either way. Madagascar uh, Gulch. Gulch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I'm good though. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for asking. Good. And uh, thankfully, joining us to hopefully raise the level of conversation, uh, since usually it's pretty poor around here, apart from me. You know, I add tremendous value. Uh, Jam Jam, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good, thanks, and uh, thanks for having me, gents. Um, I got the call up uh, to the Type Five, and um, it's time for me to put on that prop jersey and do what I do best: scrum. Nice. And, uh, talk, a, talk, talk, talk a little bit of rugby here and there, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah I, I, I want to get stuck in, nice. cross touch, forge, engage nice. in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that, was really, that was really lame. That's, that's exactly that's our very, level. That's exactly our level. Patience. <laughs> thinking that we talk about rugby um, all the time, but I don't know Matt will like the fact you've chosen to be uh, the prop. Uh, just, just some very important basics, Jam Jam. First of all, where are you in, in SA? I'm in, I'm in Cape Town. I'm in Cape uh, Town. Specifically uh, observatory, so yeah. Nice. My Wi-Fi could go. My Wi-Fi could go off in any moment. Yeah, and I could get a coffee latte somewhere. So my, my time is very valuable. My time is very valuable. Please, on a Sunday morning. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I play. I play. I play. But I'm in Cape Town. Yeah, Cape Town. And who do you support? I, I support the Lions. Nice. Uh, and, and, and just and just because I'm based in Cape Town, I sort of have to support the Stormers, but I really don't have to at the same time, because um, sometimes they just like, play away in New Zealand and get 50 points each week, which is not nice to watch, especially on a Friday, like when you have to watch through a laptop and burn through your own data bundles, not cool. So yeah. if Stormers can work out a better data plan, then I could watch them more often on Friday mornings. When they catch him 50. 
Yeah. 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 Matt, nobody really knows. He says he supports the Stormers, the Kings, and Alex supports the Stormers. And the Kings. Uh, uh, I think everyone supports the Kings somehow. Yeah. Oh, I, don't, I don't support the Kings one bit. And as a Lions fan, you should not support the Kings. They <laughs> fucked us out of Super Rugby. Now you fucked yourselves out of Super Rugby. Yeah. A king, yeah, I, I mean, that move was very snaky by Sarah, by the way. It was like... Last one ends in rotten egg, <laughs> or last one ends up in super rugby anymore. Uh, I was like, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to see what would what would have happened if the sharks had somehow finished last that year, because there's no <laughs> way they would have relegated the sharks. Uh, there's some teams that are that are anti-relegate. Let's be honest. Let's let's be yeah, really well, no, honest. Well, like, the, 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 the sharks. The, the shots in that shocking stadium that they don't want to change are not going anywhere anytime soon. The competition could be super six and the shots will be there, I'll tell you that. Mm, but I think the Bulls, like the shocks, the Bulls think... will never cut yeah, the Bulls, either because the there's Bulls just too many jerseys. <laughs> the Bulls will yeah. pass any fucking jersey set yeah. never get kicked out. Hatfield could get messy if Bulls got kicked out. Now, as someone who's been to Loftus once to watch a great banner live, I would love to say that if we took away the pools, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, that's 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 some Mad Max apocalyptic stuff. So <laughs> let's just move on. <laughs> I don't want to live in that right. sort of world. <laughs> right. Yes. Um. We uh we got a lot to get through uh, in today's episode, as always, because it's very informative. Whenever you come to come here, it's very informative on on the elite rugby banter, particularly when I'm involved. Uh, I'm just saying, I, I hold it all together. I just want to. So, 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 Adam, when you mean involved, this is when you don't fuck off for 15 minutes to pull a bird out your cat's mouth. But yeah, that's that, that's what you would mean by by being involved. Sort of an outlier. It was one time. Right. In, one time. That feels like slander. Feels like slander. Keep it above the belt, Right, we're going to put some news from the agenda, which we'll be racing through, and then we have our Super Rugby previews. We're starting off with the Jaguars. I'll be doing that, uh, followed by the Brumbies. Alex will be doing that, and Matt, who's got the Reds covered. And then the long promised chat about transformation that will be taking place. And then we have the Game Blame. Uh, wait, the Game, Game Blame. Blame game sponsored by Game. I was going to get it right. The, the, the stop dropper poll uh, by Dave Grohl. Um, do we have a poll? I don't think we have a poll this week. We didn't do a poll this week, Adam. We could, Yo, we could do well, one. You know, we could do like, one. like we probably shouldn't yeah, share, we probably probably shouldn't share this with everyone. But, uh, um, but obviously, like Dave's legal team, like we just need to untangle a few things. But yeah. we should be back with the stop, drop, and poll next week. Yeah. yeah yes. It should go pretty smoothly. Yeah. Yes, it's in the it's in the, the fifth quarter at the moment, so it should be... Okay. Yeah, yeah, like... like it's, it's it's winding down. Like like we 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 sorting out the problems because you know, two three of us are legally trained. Yeah, <laughs> technically. Okay. All right. Ah, exactly. oh, got jokes. You know, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I I did not get this training manual at all. Don't worry. I, I'll, I'll take my mail. Right. No, 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 did we? We just got, yeah. we just got degrees. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I got one of those once upon a time. 
it wasn't as easy, wasn't as easy as it sounded when they gave the speech at Sinabru saying, yeah. "Come to UCT, you'll be great." I was like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> 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 not, not, not as great as I thought I would be, but pretty good. Well, yeah. One of the one of the one of the interns in our office was like, mm, "Ben, do you think I should study a master's?" I was like, "Well, not if you want a job." Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to get some some work, five five years work experience. So technically, in high school, you should be working already. As a, yeah. <laughs> I guess, like, if you like, if you like Alex, you must go push papers and as as a fourteen year old in some law firm that allows underage working, and then as you finish your degree, you just <laughs> you, you've got five years experience already. So yeah. Well, so, very weird, so, very weird. Yeah, man. You know, you got to hustle. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of greats, uh, Greg mentioned there, just to start getting into the news, uh, the greatest center in the world slash universe, Matt Proctor. Yeah, this is going to be his last season of Super Rugby. He's going to be going going to join Chris Boyd at Northampton following the conclusion oh, well, well, of the 19th well, season. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Huh? Congratulations. I feel that's about Matt Proctor's level, actually. Like, like, he'll, be, he'll, he'll be good in England, like he's pretty average in New Zealand. Yeah. Like, yeah, he'll probably, he'll probably be a superstar there. I think there's nothing better than finding your level. You guys, cool. like, everyone's like, no, he would have been a 50 cap, 60 cap, all black. He's 28. Oh, fuck. He got the player of the premiership one season, so I'm pretty sure Matt Proctor is looking at getting the keys to the Sydney. Yeah, yeah, but I, you, I, you, you, you got to remember, New Zealand has very little talent in the pipeline. You know, like they, they never produce like yeah. a 21 year old superstar or anything like that. So yeah. obviously Proctor still has a shot at 28. Yeah, exactly. They, they'll, probably, yeah. they'll probably get desperate and call him up, call him up to the All Blacks anyway because they're just like, who else do they have? Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh god, they, they have no backline talent in New no, Zealand. They, eh? they, they always find someone. Oh, they always, for, for some reason, there's yeah. some kid hiding somewhere right now training, and he's gonna yeah. be like Rico Ione and just take out Sevilla like it's, mm. you know, taking out the garbage on a Thursday. Like he just well, said, Sevilla, thanks for coming. Even though like you almost got the, even though you almost got the record for all-time tries for New Zealand. Yeah. I think he can move overseas I mean, and just go full around now. Rico is, I think Sevilla actually like, liked it as well. He was like, eh, I actually didn't like this all blacks, all, all this serious yeah. stuff all the time. Yeah, I'm actually enjoying France and I'm um, Yeah. So, I mean, Rico is, signs off his emails. Like, Rico is like 21 years old right now, hey? Yeah, but he's uh, yeah, done it. Yeah, so Rico is yeah, 21, so this is probably his last year with all blacks. He should enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's gonna be too, like I said. He's gonna be too some old. Kid, some kid is, some kid is training to be the next Lomu right now. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> whatever Rico did, I can do a little bit better, and then we'll see it, and we'll be like, I think we, you can. Can, <laughs> can we, can we put a black jersey on him and AIG, make yeah. sure that's insured, and yeah, when you do the business. If, uh, well, if you put a black jersey on me, I could play nine for the Springboks. I know that makes no sense. But <laughs> Adam, you, Adam, you do know you do know the Springboks play in green, huh? 
No, I know, but I'm just saying, I, I played Skittles, I take off the All Blacks jersey, and I put on the, the Springboks uh, jersey. But, uh, speaking of international jerseys, see, um, Eddie Jones, he, he is in cuck. It appears that players were twice as likely to be injured when training with England last season than oh, the average I, 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 thought, I, I thought it was five, five times more likely. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting this from... Uh, I know the stories are doing the rounds everywhere, but from the Sydney Herald. I saw, I, I, saw that, I saw that two days ago. Do they do corpus dump like every session or something? Like yeah. Even like Dylan Hart is getting injured. Like impossible to injure that guy. Like he's been through everything. He, like, he's like bitten people and stuff. Like he's done a very Dude, crazy... Do you know, do, do you know okay. why Dylan Hart is impossible to injure? Why? Because he's, he never plays for long enough because he always gets suspended before he can work up <laughs> enough momentum to get injured. Like he's the most well-rested player in the history of rugby. It's actually the injuries kept him out of the game five times longer. So that's where the number five is. Uh, the five oh, is. Uh, yeah, so they're twice as likely to get injured and it's five times longer. Yeah. So yes, it's twice as likely to get a five times more severe injury. Yes. Uh, you know, what, if you're going to tackle like Owen Farrell, you might get. If you're going to like Farrell, you might be twice as likely to get injured, like or injure someone. Someone's going to get injured if he's tackling his teammates like that, and they tackle like that in the Premiership. Like that's bound to. Like, I don't know if Eddie Jones sanctioned those sort of tackles, but I think the, the problem is pretty clear. As I said, one day. If they're doing corporate stuff the whole time, that on feral type tackling is something I can listen to every day of the week. There's something interesting to be said. Um, I saw a comment someone made that there's a argument from having like Jamie Joseph and Ledizima where they're coaching a Super Rugby franchise and the national squad. So they've got a lot more responsibility to player welfare, whereas Eddie Jones doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He's got the guys for like three months of the year yeah. as and as he, he doesn't give a shit about them. If it's again in November, then he doesn't care. Yeah, so whereas the other, like the Josephs and the Ledizimas, they've got a much more long-term approach to it. Yeah. Uh, just um, to follow from the report, sorry Ben, let's just quickly round that out. The report showed, uh, this is from the RFP's report, that the overall number of injuries in all competitions was slightly higher than the yearly average, but there had been a steep rise in the number of more severe injuries leading to lengthy absences. Uh, final paragraph. For the seventh consecutive season, the most commonly reported match injury in the Premiership was concussion, accounting for 20% of all injuries. But there was a slight fall instance in the previous year. More revealingly, uh, just to paraphrase what this says here, the, the, the person making the tackle, the tackler, was more likely to get injured than the ball carrier, which was a little bit uh, not great for the game. I think that's what Ben's been saying for the last, how many episodes are we on now? 61 today? Yeah. Thank you, ben. thank you, Ben, for that. I think that's someone needs to say something about that. It's nonsense. That's though. I think we constantly learn. Episode introduced it by himself by saying, "Hi, I'm Ben, and I think the tackling is more dangerous than for the tackler than the tackling." Because yeah, we've, I mean, oh, every oh, time we. Yeah. Sorry. And it hurts. It hurts. Actually, hurts. Yeah. Like being a prop, people think like we can take all that pain. We're not. We're actually more sensitive than you think. We're and, human. Uh, yeah, we are, I, I am a human, and I felt some people's tackles back in the day. I was like, that that looks like it's, it might have both effects on you and me. 
And I don't want that no, for <laughs> You're more likely to take like a knee or a hip or like they're, yeah. they're where you, you have to put your head sort of where the hard bits are. Mm. Uh, uh, to. Uh, bad memories, uh, please. Matt, Matt would, you, would you survive an Eddie Jones training session? No, not a fuck, bro. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't survive a fucking Alistair Kutia training session at this point. Let's not even joke about a fucking Eddie Jones one. Reject, a, reject the invitation. I'll be like, no, thank you. I'm not attending. Would you rather? Jam click not attending. Training session for a John Mitchell. I, I would. I would go maybe, but in my head, I would no, never no. be going. No, no, I'm like, I'm in Ben's camp. I, I did that hard, maybe. You know, so Eddie Jones is like, oh, <laughs> yeah. like a day before, Eddie Jones yeah. just like sends me like a DM, like, no, dude, you need to now say if you're coming or not. We're trying to work on numbers here. <laughs> okay, no, cool. Yeah, I'll be like catering, be like, be like, but it's but it's 80, 80 quid a plate or whatever. Like, you gotta, you gotta commit. <laughs> Yeah, he feels like he um, wants you to click no, yes, quickly. <laughs> right. Uh, move, moving on. Uh, uh, okay, I don't have a segue. Uh, there was a word like rejection somewhere used earlier. But Arctic Boys uh, in the Cape Town Southern Suburbs, they have cut tiles with Bosch Eye, a.k.a. Power Boys High. This is from EstherRabbyMag.com. I know we've spoken a little bit about Schoolboy Rabbi in the past few weeks. Wamu Boys High has ended its relationship with Power Boys High about Matt's admission of what of a they, they post a Weinberg schoolboy. today understands that the grade nine schoolboy who has discovered a Weinberg director, Rabbi Chris Childs, and was on a scholarship at Weinberg, has transferred to the school without normal inter-school protocol being followed. According to Weinberg's version of events, no reason was given by the boy's father for his withdrawal from the school, and any attempts to properly communicate the matter with uh, Bosch High fell into ears. Bosch High further intimated to Weinberg that knew Adam. nothing about the boy. Wait, wait, I'm not done. I need that. And if they would not accept him, that's it. Yeah. Adam, I'm just going to stop you now because you've said Bosh High like five times. That's Boys that's High. Boy. Yeah, but it's not like. Yeah, I know there's an S and an H next to each other, but they're two words, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I think the dad wants to give the reasoning that he wants his kid to become a springbok, so. Yeah, well, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah, like, I, if you want to play proper, yeah. you need to have gone to a proper school. Like that's yeah, not, I don't like catching sixty points, and I don't like my son catching sixty points. So rather, <laughs> he dishes up sixty points, and he can become a professional rugby player. I think that's a good decision for the dad. But is that? And, uh, like, you know, I wonder if there isn't more to the incentive because that's been the, the problem in Australia and New Zealand. I think mm. is that a lot of the time, and also in Eastern Cape. Um, a lot of the time, there's actually financial incentives for the parents that aren't really disclosed. So yeah, the, yeah. So the, I don't know. Those are those are the those are the parts where you have to look at it and say, schoolboy rugby knows that it's become as big as it has. But if you if they're gonna like if they're gonna do stuff like find people jobs and stuff, and I mean it's good for the family, yes, but also are we also just gonna Water down like the like that whole that whole essence of how South Africa builds its ranking through the school system. I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? You guys have been chatting a bit about it. Uh, it's, like, it's a difficult balance because it's one of the situations where it's kind of a win-win. Like it's a win for the school that gets the player. It's a win for the the kid who gets the better education. But it's not really about outcomes. It's more about principles and like the fact that 
when you're true. when you're <laughs> only like 15 years old. I mean, this guy's not even like in grade 12 or anything. He's not making Craven Week sides. He's like he's a child, and there's a lot more yeah. to your education and your to growing up as a kid than just preparing yourself to be a superstar rugby player. Because if he now goes off and let's say fucks up his ACL and his MCL in the same injury, and now he's stuck at at at, um, at Boys High when you know he might have been at at Weinberg with a, a different environment. I'm not saying like it's a it's a worse school other than the rugby aspect. But to make a decision like that based purely on on rugby, yeah, I think that's it's a risk, and I think that it just it doesn't treat the the kid as a like as a human being and as a young as a as a growing adult like as a child. It treats him as a future rugby player, and I think that's a problematic attitude towards ha- to have towards children. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's like it too. Yeah, you rehearse that answer. That's a very good answer. No. <laughs> it's very, <laughs> it's very inclusive, and it's also to the point and yeah. covers all bases. I, I, I need to follow you. I need to follow your. your I need to follow something more. Yeah, Whatever you guys are, you guys, you guys are really elitist. It says elite rugby badger. This is elitism. This is. <laughs> <laughs> I need to step my game up. I'm sorry, yes, I need to step my game up. You're, you're making us blush. We're not used to being treated this well by, by fellow... <laughs> you're, supposed to be, you're supposed to undermine each other whenever you can, Jam Jam. That's how we do this this year. <laughs> you never make each other feel good about ourselves. That's the whole okay. point. Like, <laughs> we come on this show to take the whole thing. I can be that new guy that comes in with that approach of, okay. talk to me, Adam. How are you, fe- how are you feeling about Alex's <laughs> comments from last week? Did they touch you personally? I feel like... Um, <laughs> Jeff, just, sit on, hype, just sit on... Just sit on... Jeff, Jeff, Adam, Adam missed the entire recording last week, basically just chasing his cat around the house. So his opinion counts for fuck all at the moment. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Adam, that is... That is, that is those, are, those are domestic issues, so don't bring that... Yeah, please. <laughs> and, I reckon... Yeah. I reckon I reckon if we got a psychologist on the show as a guest, they could write a thesis, huh? Yeah, yeah they, they they could just analyze me now, just by what I'm saying. Like, they'd be like, hey, Jam Jam, talk to us. How do you feel about them not accepting you and taking this lot to put you at the podcast? You know, I actually did ask Alex a few times, and I probably look like I'm trying to rash him uh, from his side. But I just want to tell Alex I still love him. And uh, you mustn't think about him that way. <laughs> so forgiving. I, I, 450 rand charged you my, my, my bank account. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, awesome. Well, that, that, was, that was a positive no, statement. Let's move on. <laughs> That's the most positive we've been since the inception of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to make a comment that I wonder if there's like a buddy Garrity type at all these schools. Yes. Everyone should try to not like. Yes. Who like runs the major college. Yeah. Yeah, they have boosters. For sure. Yeah. Um, can, I, can I ask Alex a question just because we happen to go to the same school? Like in Eastern Cape, we saw it a lot, if you remember, from like Dale. A lot of Dale College boys used to end up at other schools. Yeah. But uh, I think a lot of them took a more holistic approach, even though rugby was the first yeah. channel that they were invited to the other schools that they'd end up going to. But mm. uh, if, if you look at Dell now, they 
resurgent in rugby, but I don't know how the academic performance is because mm. you guys are right. The holistic approach has to be the fundamental. Like, you can't just expect a kid to be uprooted in Joburg, doesn't make the cuts, keeps floating around and just doesn't know. Like, the decision was made for him at 15 that it's rugby, it's sink or swim, that's way too early. I didn't even know that I would fail university so many times at 15. I got told it was a three-year course and I clearly try to double those three years. (laughs) I, I put a lot of effort into that. So yeah, as just, I, I would like Alex, if he, what did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, so what what you're saying is like there, there are, there's there's going to be a situation where, like, it does make perfect sense for a kid to move from, uh, yeah, I don't I don't want to say Dale because I've got a lot of respect for Dale and I also don't know what their academics are like, so I'm going to assume that they're okay. quite well academically. But let's say you've got a kid from. Um, from maybe like let's say Mary Waters, for example. Okay. And and okay. they get they get scouted out as being you know, particularly good at, at rugby or cricket, and you know this Buddy Garrity type of guy from a parent from St Andrews would be like, Shit, you know, I'll pay for this kid to go to St Andrews and get a, a St Andrews education, which I feel confident saying is is probably one of the top, let's say top ten, uh, academic educations in the country. And uh, we can go a little higher, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm including girls' schools in this, uh, not just not just boys' schools. Yeah, yeah. All schools, I'd say. No, 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 no I'm, I'm, I'm including all. I'm inclusive of all schools, <laughs> and I just want number high. Okay, I don't. Cool. I don't. All right, fuck well, <laughs> it. Top five. Top five. Yeah. Anyway, so so you know, it's obviously a great opportunity for the kid, and uh, and I like. There's, there's definitely no reason why we should say no, no, no. You don't come from that area. You don't come from that school. You weren't going to go there anyway. You must stay at Mary Waters. And even the teachers yeah. and and that at, at Mary Waters, they wouldn't want to stand in his way either. Um, so yeah. That's not good for anyone. That's a that's a bad outcome. But the problem comes in. Uh, I'm gonna Alex, you wrap it up. Yeah, we, need, so we need to move I'll, on. I'll finish the so sentence and then we're done. The problem comes in where there's, like, where there's an alternative incentive that's provided to, for example, the parents. So if they're basically paid actual money under the under the table to move their kid to another school just to play one year of, of grade 12 rugby and, and win like three more games than they would, would, would have won the previous season, that's not good for anyone. And I think we should absolutely be allowing for mobility between schools. But the more important goal should be to make sure that the kid at Mary Waters or the kid at Dale is getting the same rugby opportunities and preferably academic opportunities that they would get at another school like St Andrews or Hilton, which we spoke about last week, Michael rather. And um, cool. so that's the goal. Make sure that kids don't need to move schools to get those same opportunities. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Again, very very poetic, but I'm not going to compliment you like Jam Jam because uh, I'm not sure. Okay. No, that's not, not, not allowed. No. Uh, what talking of stuff not allowed? I don't know if that's any good. Uh, two more quick news items: <coughs> the financial mismanagement trial against SRPC Yuri Ru, excuse me, has been given a court date on the 13th of May. Stellenbosch University has claimed that Ru allegedly benefited from misappropriating funds during his time in the management of the university's rugby club, which was reportedly the biggest in the world. A report by audit from KPMG, a good start, states that Ru could have benefited from university funds through the payments of irregular bonuses. What is that? I heard a... Uh, oh, sorry. Um, 
I don't know if I should admit this, but I'm I'm doing a puzzle. (laughs) (laughs) The report says that payments and bonuses were approved to a club rugby coach who was then asked by Rue to deposit an amount of 55,250 rand into his account. Rue is also alleged to have used software that covered his audit trail and concealed the movement of funds between accounts. So uh, that's nice. The head of SRAP uh, in the cuck. Then Skulk Brits, who is now the uh, Um Skulk, as they call him in Pretoria, apparently. And no, I don't support the Bills or live Pretoria, Matt, before you say anything. Fuck sakes. And then... Uh, <clears throat> You're pretty no, defensive there. Different. You're pretty defensive for someone who's fairly intimate with the with the nicknames and pet names they give to their players. <laughs> it's, because I, it's called reading. Skunk Brits says offering South African players a tax break could help prevent prevent them from signing lucrative deals in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of players uh, have left. Uh, speaking to Netback24, Brits said the tax breaks could be where South Africa to hold on to their most experienced players. We'll never be able to compete with overseas contracts, but maybe there is a legitimate way to give our players tax reliefs. Um, and then he also just complained about how there's a lack of experience, generally speaking, in rugby, in rugby squads, super rugby level. And I quote, I only realized it later in my career, but in rugby terms, you're still a lighty at 24. Um, if you're not from South Africa, a lighty is, well, kind of like a, a, a young man, I guess, to, to be very simple on that one. And we want our players to take on super rugby at the age of 22, 23, 24, but said, it takes experience of a few claps and getting your head scrummed into a backside over the years to make you a hardened forward. Uh, that's, that's what he said. And then just lastly, mm-hmm. last piece of news, Stephen Kitsoff. He's apparently being targeted by sale uh, along, the, along with... Who's the other player? It's... Sale. Isn't it one of the Dupreas? I think Adam dropped the call. Take all three of them. Well, no, I need I need one of Jean-Luc or Dan for my for my draft side. So ideally, if one of them could stay, <laughs> okay. that, that would be good. Yeah. Oh, Wacky Wednesday is too big. Is yeah, I, I I think Robert should nominate himself and do the the mature thing I, as the older brother. He should just. I think <laughs> Robert would actually must probably do quite well in Europe. I think. Yeah. No, he's, he's more Northern Hemisphere fly half. Like he kicks well. He's he's, he's relatively big... he's quite good in the contact. He's a big unit. Yeah, like I think yeah. he would be better off in the and Northern he's, Hemisphere. He's like that. He's got that moustache to keep him he'd, keep him warm in the cold winter. His investment would be that. Like the return on investment there is just crazy. Yeah. You get Robert Dupree and possibly one of his brothers or both his brothers, and yeah, all you have to do is keep Rob happy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Let him shave. Hello. Adam's back. Sorry, sorry. I got I got a phone call. My my bad. What, what when when was I cut off? Uh, we, we um, you didn't. You, I don't think you told us which Dupree. All of them. Oh, okay. All three of them. Oh, that's what we. Assi- that's what we. Assi- I, told, I, t- <laughs> I told you guys, package deals. I, I like <laughs> three. I would. Just, I would say they should push for all four. Is there a fourth brother we don't know about? Like the like with. The no, dad. no. I meant dad. Like, bring dad. Bring dad yeah. along as well as like assistant kicking coach or something as well. You know. Yeah. <laughs> they can do everything um, to their dad. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's a fourth brother who just like prefers chess. Or he's like, he plays a, <laughs> yeah. a hockey player. There's like a fourth brother who plays oh. hockey. 
if there had to be a cliche like that, that there is like an, like the oldest oldest brother is like a half brother who played hockey. Yeah. I would I would I, I would ask the dad to actually come answer for all of that. He him and Yuri would have to be in the same courtroom, just explaining why why did you do that to the first kid and like what what are the dynamics? We just want to know. We just want to talk. We just we just want to talk. The protector involved. Yeah, yeah. Please it's like Trump's, it's like Trump's it's like Trump's other daughter. You never fucking yeah. hear about her. He, he, yeah, he's selective about who he wants to yeah. have next to him. Let's just say that. Yeah. All right, Adam, should we jump ahead to the Jags uh, preview? Yes. Yes. Uh, the, the pure statistical and analytical goal that are about to lay before your feet when it comes to the Yagiaras. Uh, right, it, it is Super Rugby preview time. I'll be doing the Yagiaras followed by Alex's favorite Australian Super Rugby team, the Brumbies, and then Matt. Uh, he'll be doing the red. So just starting off with the major ins and outs, uh, I think the biggest loss for the Yagiaras this year has been Nicolas Sanchez. He's gone to today, along with uh, Leonardo Senatore. Uh, he's not a part of the squad this year. He was just a very experienced number eight. He's dropped down to play for his local club, Rosario. And then Juan Martin Hernandez, I know he got injured early in the season, but he is out. He retired uh, in April uh, of last year. There's a couple of interesting uh, oaks that are coming through. Rodrigo Brunei, uh, he's 25. He's also an eight. He made his debut at seven. Uh, sorry, excuse me, he is a seven. For Argentina in the Autumn Internationals for 2018. And he's been around for a while. Uh, he's not exactly a new player. But he missed all of last season due to injury. Thomas Kubeli, who played for the Brambies, he is back from injury. He had a neck injury last year. And then to maybe add some more spice to the Yagaras' back three, there's Ignacio Mendy, uh, who's a, a sevens player for Argentina. He's 19. He'll be playing fullback, but he might get moved on the other wings. He's someone exciting to watch. Uh, in terms of strengths and weaknesses, our producer Mario Ledesma, uh, as the head coach, he's also the Argentinian head coach, He's a bit of a strength, and since he was appointed as Yagiara's coach, he's kind of turned the team around after he replaced Daniel... Oh, God, how do you spell this? Hokade? H-O-U-R-C-A-D-E. What? H-O-U-R? C-A-D-E. Hokade. Adam, I don't want to call you out, but the current Yagiara's coach is Gonzalo Quesada. Isn't that Ledesma? Yes, I don't know. Yeah, so uh, Desmo was. Yeah, was so yeah, the Desmo is now the uh, Pumas coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they've. Against uh, really. Adam, I, was, I, I really trust. I, I trusted you. I trusted you. I'm sorry, Adam. No, but isn't he both? No. no he's, not he, he's, both. He, he's, yeah, in, he's involved. He's involved. So oh, no, yeah, you're not completely wrong, Adam. Adam yeah, he's well, involved. Completely wrong. But what? Sada is the. Okay, Sada. As the sort of head coach, so to speak, of Jaguares, and Ledesma is like in a director of rugby role, sort of at this point. Oh, no, 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 you're not going to get. Oh, fuck. Never mind. I just found something here. Gonzalo Casado replaces Mario Ledesma as Jaguares coach. <laughs> you, 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 you thought we were lying to you. We just, we just made up a guy. We all, we all yeah. heard about this before. Okay, let's fuck with Adam. Let's make up this guy and pretend he's a Jaguares coach yeah. just so Adam feels like put, an idiot. Put Adam on hold on, uh, and then make up something quickly. Uh, okay, well, along with some of the other strengths for the Jaguares, they got a strong call from from uh, their four, from their three years in Super Rugby. In particular, uh, their backline ability to capitalize on open play, offloads, and all that. They're very good at keeping the ball alive, uh, along with playing at home at the Estadio, at the Estadio Jose uh, Amalfitani, 
uh, out in Buenos Aires, they are very tough to play at home given the travel that a lot of teams experience. And along with their dynamic loose trio, uh, led by, moving into their key players, well, I'll get to key players, but their captain, Papa Matera, who was excellent last year, and also fantasy, uh, fantasy gold. Not quite platinum, but fantasy gold. Just in terms, just in terms of their weaknesses, what was that? Uh, I was just I was just remembering that I had Pablo Matera. He didn't perform for two weeks, and then I just uh, sold him. And yep. then I think Phil or someone picked him up, and he just became heat after that. And I just like it makes me feel bad about myself. I think you'll, I think you'll find it was me. Good. Carry on. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. It was Alex Podmaster. I mean, Draftmaster, whatever. Yes. Current um, reigning champion. Thank you. Mm. Uh, don't. God, he's just been lavish with comments this week. I'm kind of worried about the long-term implications. Weaknesses of the Hag Warriors, they have just, poor poor fans who don't do their research on their coaches. <laughs> and they don't know who's, who's coaching them. That's a weakness. It's like Arsenal. It's like Arsenal. That's not how you support Arsenal. I, I support Arsenal, so... I'm part okay. of the Apart from nothing to do with me, okay, God, we've been here half an hour and you're laying to me already. Jesus. There you uh, go. He's got, he, he, he knows, he understands what the pod's about yeah. now, Adam. He's <laughs> worked out the dynamic <laughs> from the Discipline. I'm smarter than I look. The Jaguars have a very bad disciplinary record. Uh, their players often pick up uh, yellows, and they are red. Uh, not Johnny Fowler lie reds, but still, they get red cards. Um, so they need to look at their discipline this year because they're often reduced to um, 14, even 13 players, uh, which doesn't really help their cause that much. Their set piece, ironically, it has come under a lot of pressure in the last couple of seasons, particularly their scrum. Uh, as the Argentinian natural scrum has declined, so as the Jaguars have kind of struggled a little bit. So it's a little bit odd, even at line-out time. Uh, they do have the kind of the quality there, but they're going to be relying a lot more on Augustin Creevy to make sure that he hits his jumpers and also scrum time. And they're just in, very inconsistent. Uh, one week, uh, they're on fire. I know that they were improved, but then other weeks, they would certainly fall apart. Even even games. I think I remember they were beating the Lions last year by, I can't remember, at Ellis Park by 20-odd points, and then somehow they managed to throw the game away. So was, they just need to work. Yeah. What was their streak at the end of Super Rugby, though? They were like on a... <laughs> Well, they dominated. They were good on, in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah one. Uh, yeah, but I think they had like an, an eight-match winning streak or something. Yeah, you know that. Yeah. You know that's a fairly consistent result, I'd argue. Uh, but then they go home and then they they lose games that they should be winning. And that, that's the yeah, point. no, no, you, you're right. They are they yeah. are inconsistent. Uh, and uh, just last weakness is just the inexperience beyond their starting fifteen. I know they got a few guys, but with the turnover in their squad after dealing with a few younger players. And then last in terms of the key players, I've already mentioned one, Pablo Matera, uh, the captain. He's great. And then Bastista Delgar and uh, Emiliano Boffelli uh, out in the back three. They're, they're fantastic. They had the fantastic Super Rugby season last year and I believe will be draft gold this year. Uh, they're no longer flying under the radar. And then actually, Augustin Creevy, he was a bit quieter last year. We'll see what he can do this year. And then lastly, it's going to be a big season for Santiago Gonzalez uh, Iglesias, who will be taking over the 10 jersey from Nicolas Sanchez. And my prediction for the conference, I predict that the Yoga Aras are going to come third in the South African conference. Cool. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, Alec, can you, give, can you give us the Brumbies preview, please? Turn? Um, okay. Yes. Sorry, let me see. Oh, fuck. Uh, oh. Okay. Christ. So, 
Brumbies. Brumbies Rugby, uh, ACT Brumbies. One wait, of the, wait. One of the my, classic, uh, sorry, guys, I was going to cut you. You're going to have to start again. Alex, it just dropped out oh. as you started. Oh, okay. So you mean the recording? Yeah. Well, the recording's running, but uh, my Skype just disappeared for a second. Okay, sorry. It's throwing up poor connection. All right. Uh, can, I, can, I, can I go back into it? Yeah. Yes. Okay, Brumbies. I'm just going to head back into it because we've got a lot to talk about still. Um, yeah. As you guys know, big fan of the Brumbies. Huge fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of respect for their players. Eh? Yeah, big, a lot of respect. I, I, the yeah. foundation. The foundation years. The, the Gregan law circumstances at all. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm with. I'm definitely. I, oh my goodness! Green Larkin, uh, you know Matt Gitto back in the day, like a lot of a lot of great players for the Brumbies. Uh, for 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 a player you've always always respected. Yeah, Falafa um, I won't I won't have a bad name said about Falafa of the of the greater Fayingas. Um, yeah. for sure. So all right, notable notable losses from last season. Um, Ben Alexander, obviously. He hasn't been a starter for the last couple of years, but he always brought a lot of experience and was a very reliable player for them off the bench in a traditional area of strength. So I think that's they are going to miss him a little bit. Richie Arnold, we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago. He's moved up north. He was always a little bit overshadowed by Rory Arnold, but he was still a pretty good player in his own right. And he's, he's a good platform builder, which I think is uh, one of the areas of weakness in Australia generally. So I think they'll miss Richie Arnold. Then the biggest loss, obviously, uh, Isi Naisarani. He made a huge impact for them last year, and I think he was one of their better players. And he's he's gone off to the Rebels to replace Amanaki Mafi, so that's definitely going to leave quite a big hole in their loose forward trio. Uh, the notable players that they've gained, James Slipper, he's obviously in the dog box um, after his, his white line shenanigans last year, and he's had a few issues, but he remains a very, very good player. And in, on his day... I would say uh, uh, one of the best props in the world. At, at, like back in the day when he was at his peak, he was very difficult to beat in the scrums. So there's no doubting his quality, and I think he'll probably or possibly go straight into the starting lineup. But that remains to be seen. Road to redemption. Yeah, exactly. Everyone likes a good comeback. Then Pete Samu, um, he's a pretty new wallaby. He's hopped over the ditch to join the enemy. I think that they got him in to try and fill the nice Rani void because he's a bit of a basher. Um, so maybe he'll bring that much needed balance back to the loose forward trio, but yeah, I don't know, it remains to be seen. Then Tony Pulu, he's joined from the Chiefs, and yeah, he's reputedly the fastest, he was the, the fastest man in New Zealand rugby, but yeah, he never really established himself as a as an out-and-out winger, so I don't even know if he's for them. Is, is Tony Pulu um, Australian yeah. qualified? Ooh, I don't uh, think so. I think he... Let me look it up quickly, because he's not born in New Zealand. He's born in America. No, he's, he's a Tongan or Fijian or something. He's born in the United he? States. Oh, 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 we should go play for them. Then. That is a good uh, one. Maybe that's, um, maybe that's the long-term he's, plan. They've turned professional, like, probably. Yeah. He, he's, <coughs> eligible, he's immediately eligible to play for the Wallabies. Okay. I just see him in Fox Sports. Yeah. So oh, so maybe... But this Maybe is despite, uh... despite having played sevens for his ancestral home, which I don't know how to pronounce, um, N I U E Nue. I think it's oh it's Nue Nue, uh, which is, is an that... island. It's an island nation in the Pacific. So it's it's uh, like sort of around the Cook the Cook Islands in that area. 
Um, but anyway, yeah. So I think it's yeah, it's, it's possible that he could play for for the Wallabies, but I don't think he's that good. I don't think it's a moot point. I think he should go play for the Eagles in the, in the US, personally. Yeah, but or, but Cor- is Corabetti isn't more. that good either. No, that's true. Anyway, all right. Uh, so those are the players. Those are the ins and outs for the Brumbies. Then, okay, what are their strengths? They've got the best tight five in. Oh wait, hang on. Those are last year's notes. Sorry. Recycle. Recycle. No, I'm joking. They've got the best tight five in the conference. I actually, I do believe that. Even having lost Richie Arnold and Ben Alexander, um, they've got a really, they've got pretty much an all Wallaby front row in Alalatoa, Falafainga, um, and then either James Slipper or Scott Sear. So that's a really quality front row. Then without Richie Arnold, they still have Rory Arnold, who's the better Arnold. And they've got Sam Carter, Sam Carter, who is, you know, he's a pretty reliable uh, second row. And yeah, compared to the rest of the Australian conference, I think that they do have quite good set pieces. So their, their line-out's pretty decent. Um, their scrum's pretty decent. So that's, <laughs> bless, bless you. That's a, obviously a, an area of strength. So best tight five in the conference. They've got the best open side flank in the world in David Pocock. And they've got the best fullback in the multiverse in Tom Banks. So that's pretty good. Their other strength is that they don't actually have any wallabies, uh, which I know it sounds like a weakness, but uh, in, a reg- in a rugby World Cup year, I think we're going to see a lot of players being rested. And there might be instruction from the national side to give mandatory rest weeks for key wallaby players. And the good news for the, for the Brumbies is that outside of their, their forwards, so other than like David Pocock and maybe uh, Alan Alalatoa, they don't really have any sort of really well-established wallabies. So they should be okay. They should be relatively unaffected by the rest weeks. That's another strength for them in terms of the schedule. Weaknesses, what happens if David Pocock gets injured? They're pretty fucked. They don't really have that many good players in the least forwards. Are we talking about Australia or no, 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 Brumbies the, wallab- or the Wallabies? But I mean, the world same. World rugby now. The, the same. When, no, and I'm saying when Pocock gets injured, it's like world rugby stops. Like, yeah. he got injured again. If David Pocock, Pocock gets injured, Susan I think we, Parker, we, we might just jump, 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 jump. If he gets he injured, I think we're going to we're gonna have to push the Rugby World Cup to next year and just give him. Some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make it compete with the FIFA World Cup and. Wherever. I don't know. Actually, no, the cricket World Cup, sorry. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll find something. Yeah, we'll find something. <laughs> we'll, like, Pocock can't miss, like, another big tournament. Please. But yeah, I mean, the other big weakness for the Brumbies is... It's, it's desperate seeing Hooper yeah. do that. Yeah. But yeah, so ben, ben always used to say last year, like, how do the Brumbies really score tries? And if you look at their, their back line, yeah, I mean, the, the feeling I get with the Brumbies is that when, when Jake White walked out of them, like, whenever it was, like five years ago or whatever. He kind of just took the playbook with him and the only page he left behind was like some back page from the Defense. notebook that had just that just had scribbled on it rolling balls with David Pocock at the back. Because that's pretty much what <laughs> they like, yeah. That's the only way they score tries yeah. is David Pocock <laughs> rolling ball and they're like, cool, job done, well done. So, I don't know. It's, yeah. I don't think they've got a very cohesive back line. I like um, Chris Gianni quite a lot. But... I don't know if he's quite the answer for them at number 10. I think he's a better number 12. And Tavita Kuradrani just hasn't been his, his usual self for the last few years. So, yeah. Big weakness. Then, obviously, okay, key forward, David Pocock. Uh, key back, 
I know Tom Banks is the best fullback in um, all of the, all of the realities that we've discovered so far. Does he does he even does he even count as a back though? Hasn't he sort of transcended? Yeah. Like uh, he like labels. Yeah, he has. That's true. Um, he is the best rugby player ever. But I think Liali Fano is going to be more important for them because if he doesn't get firing, then the rest of the backline just is going to have front row seats to a bit of a disaster show. So yeah, those are the two key players for me. Conference finish. I think if they, if Lealifano plays well and David Pocock doesn't get injured, I think they'll finish third. If David Pocock gets injured or is rested and Lealifano doesn't play extremely well, I think they actually will finish last in their conference. I think they might even get beaten by the Sunwolves. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Have you seen the Reds? I think the Reds could beat the Brumbies. Let's, let's, not, let's not step on my toes. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, right. like in the back alley with glass bottles? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, like if, if, if everything else fails, then I would actually back the Reds in a, in a back alley brawl. I think they would win. Well, the Brumbies have brought in Slipper, which has given them quite a bit of street cred, though. Huh? That's true. Yeah. yeah. He knows all no, the good no, back alleys, that's true. Did Slipper yeah. go to the Brumbies? I thought he went to the Rebels. No. Uh, He's, he's uh, it's good that you. It's good that you host a rugby podcast, Adam. Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So you. No, I think uh, Slipper that... did go to. Just actually, maybe, maybe I, maybe I have to apologise to Adam. Don't do it. I mean, I, I thought he was at the, <laughs> the Brumbies. Now. It's one for one. It's one for one because I did scrap Yogi Aro's coach, James Slipper. Google will tell me. Oh fuck. Brumbies. Yeah. The, the, oh, thank, yeah, God. thank God. Oh, that would have been embarrassing for me. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Uh, uh, yeah. Are you are you done? I'm done. I'm done. Cool. All right, Matt, can you please tell us about the Reds? <sighs> They're from Queensland. Why do I even ask you to do these things? It's a good start. It's a good start. Okay. I'll put my serious hat on. Um, Should we do... I think the most interesting part about the Reds are some of the players they've lost this season and why. Which one Alex has covered already is Slipper and his white line fever. Another one's Quade Cooper and that's because, well, the coach just doesn't dig his jaw. And another one is... Carmichael Hunt, who's signed for what's his face again now? Um, where did he go again? I thought he was still there. Just he's joined the Tars. He's joined the Tars now. He was he was he was yeah he was announced late last year being in the squad, and then they were like, nah, it's cool, go to the Tars. And then I think what other losses have they had? Uh, who else is left? Eto Nabuli, if he counts for much, and Isaiah Parisi. Other oh, yeah, oh and Nick. Yeah, and yeah. sorry, John Lance as well, I suppose, counts as a big loss for them. Yeah. And for some reason... I, 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 sorry, I think this speaks to the quality of the Reds, that John Lance is considered a big loss. And apparently Nick Frisbee is still listed as a loss for the Reds this season, which I'm pretty sure he fucked off last season already. But anyway, they're still holding on a sore grudge. Can I add a random one in? Uh, Reese Hewitt. Oh the, yes, yeah. Was the like junior wallaby captain a few years ago, and yeah. he's just disappeared. Like he's just gone. No one even knows where he's gone. He's just not playing rugby for the rich. The sheep nice. farmer. Probably. So yeah. So some of the signings, quite interestingly, um, Sefer Naivulas was probably one of the better ones so far. 
I see a lot of talk of Bryce Hegarty's on his way there. I don't know if that counts for much. And they've they've signed they've signed the kicking coach of Johnny Wilkinson when he beat Australia. So uh, Dave Elf, Dave Elred. Okay. That's Born in Jerusalem. Yeah. Who Dave Elred? Has anyone has anyone watched that documentary no? where they just no. focus on how great Johnny Wilkinson is? I it was love at first sight. I, I kid you not, I, yeah. Okay. That's for another podcast, but yeah. We'll, we'll no, fair off. enough. Sorry. Sorry, I had a moment there. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's chill. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Strengths of the Reds are that there's well, technically there's consistency going from one season to the next in the squad, which is uh, generally. With, sorry, yeah, I, I don't know. Shit. Sorry. No, well, I mean, there's player consistency. Whether we're going to read into it if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but there's player consistency at least. But I don't know. The red side, there's some bright sparks in here that if a few things click, they might equal, like I predicted, the Sunwolves. These guys might even, they might even reach the lofty heights of third in the Australian Conference as well. I think I'm just going to predict every Australian Conference to be played to be third. <laughs> conference. Yeah, I'm just going to stab because they never started players. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've got still key players, key forwards. I still like Scott Higginbotham. I know he catches shit, but yeah, I still like him. Who else have they got? They've got Brandon Payangamosa still. Harry Hawkins, obviously. Obviously. Ah, uh, <laughs> Harry Hawkins, finally a ray of light. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, in the backs, I reckon. What a fire. Oh shit, I suppose I should have mentioned Future that. Future 100 cap Wallaby, Harry Hawkins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I should most probably mention that Jordan Petit is also, or Petit, sorry, has announced that he's signing with them for several years to come. I can't remember exactly how many. So he's I think him. Good. Yeah, he's, no, he's not. As, he should. Yeah, as, as, as the Wallabies have got him named here, as young gun Jordan Petit commits to Rugby Australia till 2022. So I reckon him and Naivula would actually be quite an interesting wing pairing for the Reds, and they might actually score tries where the Brumbies can't. But now, can but now that they won't have John O'Lance to pull them together, though. But that's the thing. They, there's a lot of this. There's, there's Bryce Hegarty brackets TBC posted everywhere, and I reckon, uh, fuck, he's like a like-for-like like replacement with John O'Lance at ten. Don't forget Hamish Stewart. Oh, fuck, Hamish Stewart as yeah, well. Sorry, I apologize to Andrew for plussing over Hamish Stewart. Could I, could I interest in, any of you guys in a little bit of Hamish? <laughs> Would you like some Hamish with that? But yeah, so, I mean, I mean, yeah, okay. They don't have great fucking prospects at, at fly-off, but they've still got, I mean, they they did all half all right with fucking John O'Lance, so, I mean, they're not going to do much with Hamish Stewart and Bryce Hegarty, I reckon. If... But yeah, Bryce Hegarty's in parentheses, so I don't know. I'm hyping him up, but I reckon he's still going to be like fourth, fourth choice at the Waratahs at the start of the season. Probably. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well. Know? And what else, Matt? I don't know what else. Strengths, like I said, consistently weaknesses. They are the Reds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they worried about Brad. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of psychological bullshit. Worried about Brad Thorne at this rate. But they've also sorry, uh, sorry, I lost a little bit there. No, no worries. Uh, so, uh, I was just saying the, the weakness of the Reds is that they are the Reds. 
but good point. That's, Can't argue with that. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, that's I, that's solid. Valid criticism. And I understand everything you say when you say that the, the Reds are their own worst enemy, literally. Exactly. But I mean, uh, they've also lost a lot of what their Reds' charm is, like guys like Quade Cooper, Carmichael Hunt, and James Slipper. Like they've always been like that sketchy side. Now they're not. Now they've got like. Yeah. They've got like Brad Ford, who looks like a carbon copy of fucking Bucky's Puerta and is just as evangelical. And it, I feel like it's cutting out. It's cutting out the fucking heart of the, what the red side was. Just like that's what made them. That's what made them who they were. Like with Digby, where's Digby? In all he, was at the, he was at the Saders, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. Digby played for Saders for like half a game last season. Could he not be convinced to? We're another red jersey. Uh, well, yeah, but this is to me like their prospects. Like I would never, un- I understand why players who play in New Zealand go to Australia, because then you're pretty much guaranteed a starting <laughs> position. But if you play yeah. in Australia and you go to New Zealand, it's a bit like, yeah, you've got to believe in yourself, eh? Yeah. And he's got a lot of wallaby caps, so I don't understand. Digby needs to explain. Is he just sniffing around for some? Some trophies that side, or because he's got also super rugby. So Japan, now he's with the Panasonic Wild Knights or whatever. Ah, uh, that's it. Uh, um, yeah, Mac, can you uh, just push on and wrap it up? Well, what, what else do I need to cover? I've covered everything. I've I mentioned a couple of key players. I said they're going to come third on the log. Okay, pointed no, out their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, I don't think unless you want me to start like you know the times I've had a drink with so and so, which I haven't. No, oh, no, sure. no. No. They've still got. Sorry. Oh fuck! Sorry, I glossed over. Caleb Timu's still there as well. Ooh, yeah, jeez. Yeah. Ooh, quality. So I was, I was just, I was, I was just drawn to Scott Higginbottom. I forgot that there are other loose forwards there as well. I love how hard you've worked out to cool. conceal your your number one overall pick for the draft, Matt. That's yeah. Caleb Timu. No. Oh shit! Nice try, Matt. Nice try. So <laughs> yes, Daniel Tupu and yeah. Yeah, oh, oh of course. Uh, how how could I forget? Yeah, nice try. Uh, yeah. Alex, wait, 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 when Matt said that, did your dog come running? <laughs> she did. I closed the door. So now she's, <laughs> she's crying outside. <laughs> All right, that's that's gonna wrap it up just for the previews next week. Um, I have no idea which teams we're doing next week. Uh, they are written down somewhere uh now moving on to something that we have promised to do uh for quite some time it is just our chat about transformation and to start it off i'm going to hand it over to alex because no. i think he knows yeah i feel like you you have a bit of grasp thanks, uh, thanks where to start. hospital pass <laughs> <laughs> um well okay so let me uh oh yeah i did not know adam was going to do that uh <laughs> I think the reason why it's this week. Well, yeah, let me let me start off yep. by framing the framing for why we decided to do it this week. Because we actually originally intended to set aside a specific episode for a transformation, a proper, thorough, like hour and a half just on transformation. And obviously we don't have time for that now because we've done the previews and everything, but we can still have a good convo. But the reason why we are doing it now is because of the news that broke um, over the last week or so with... Uh, some sort of really tabloid tabloid level journalism coming out of South Africa on the back of an interview that Sio Kalisi did with uh, Kyoto News in Japan. So Sio Kalisi was doing an interview with Rich Freeman, who's a, a Japanese rugby media correspondent, 
um, and a great a great source of Japanese rugby news. And one of the questions that was asked to him was uh, with regards to the Nelson Mandela legacy in South Africa and how that kind of corresponds with rugby policies and I suppose politics, the the junction between politics and rugby and the headlines that everyone was coming out with was quotation marks Madiba would not have supported quotas in quotation marks attributed to Siakalisi so everyone was up in arms it was very divisive a lot of there was a whole group of people saying uh, this is bullshit and Sia is a sellout and um, and or he you know, or he never said it you know it's, it's completely made up and then also a whole lot of group of people saying Oh, this vindicates the opposition to quotas. The fact that Madiba wouldn't have supported quotas is, is just, you know, conclusive proof that they are bad, and therefore we should do away with them. And it was just a media shitstorm. I mean, it was all over Twitter. It was all over Facebook. Um, Eusebius Mackaiser. I don't know if any of you guys listen to him or even know who he is. He did a. a I make a, a point of listening he, to him. Yeah. I work very hard to. <laughs> 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 you, know, you, you make fun of, of, of avoiding him or what? No, because uh, he's a, he's, a, he's a, well, just very brave, very bright oak, but sometimes he just picks on people for yeah. the sake of uh, showmanship. Let me put it that way. Yeah, uh, he's he's blocked me on Twitter, so I don't I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> the lions? Yeah, him and the lions. Yeah. But anyway. And Cardinal Scusson. Cardinal Yeah. <laughs> He's also blocked. Yeah, he's blocked. Bl- why is he blocked? I think he'd take any sort of followers. Like yeah, you would Instagram. So, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah, what happened was I was on a thread where we we pointed out that he looked um, like Craig David, and he <laughs> did not change like a, He's 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 not a fan is, of that comparison. It, this, that's like he has to take that with like mm. he and like he has to accept that that is a I, very good like I, I the guy made a song with Sting and there's a lot of things Craig David did look there, there are worse things to be called than Craig David but I, I don't know maybe yeah, maybe it's just yeah. opened a, a, maybe it opened an old wound maybe that's what you should call him in high school or something maybe, it's a, maybe yeah. I, I think it's the cornrows to be honest <laughs> yeah. with you it's a, it was a bit outdated and he yeah. tried to bring I've I've had a go to him a couple of times and I just want to know where he gets him down because like I don't th- I thought they were done we were all, we were done with that phase but clearly anyway maybe he's yeah, the no, same no. barber as like Elton so, yeah. oh no oh no oh no that's that's a that's a very overpaid man whoever that is because he is he's he's telling people that he look nice with him walk up at his his barber shop and he's lying. Professionals. Yeah. That's Elton, lying under oath. Elton Yankees is an overpaid rugby player with an underpaid, underpaid barber. That's an overpaid <laughs> yeah. barber. Alright, so I'm getting off track. So, right, yeah, so. That, that is the root of this conversation, is um, the interview that Sia Khaleesi had <clears> with Rich Freeman. And I don't know if you guys have all gotten around to actually watching the clip yourselves. Um, uh, no. I've, I've watched like all the segments, okay. um, just to give just to give him a fair shake, yeah. and I guess I can I give you guys a fair shake as yeah. you, you did ask me to uh, come on board uh, just to I guess you know let's let's, let's, let's it's, it's something that we don't really know the 
answers, but some people claim that they know the answers. Yeah. But we're only going to know the answers by talking about it like this openly, where we can actually gauge what so what can I learn from this? What can I can I be teachable? Yes. And I always want to make that known that we are all teachable in some way. Like let's not let's be fair to the guy and actually look at all the information just before just saying he's a sellout. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just I think that's a little bit Yeah. Well, I want to always get it right, but let me just yeah. state that. Yeah. No, I think that that's a very important message, and like that, that it's that kind of nuance that was, I feel like was missing. And so often is missing in the South African rugby um, kind of uh, circles, like on SA Rugby Twitter or on social media, in the comment section of, of websites. People don't have that kind of that balanced approach to obviously very sensitive topics like this, where they, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a strongly, a firmly held opinion about something, but you need to be open to the fact that there's a, there's another perspective to it. And your experience or your the way it's, you've interacted with that might not be the same as someone else's. So that's the bottom line is you know you could be wrong, but don't don't be closed off to being to hearing out someone else's yeah. opinion. And even if you don't, as, that's, as, that's the main thing. Yeah, as a as, as a recovering nerd all myself, <laughs> I, uh, I I got into a few battles with who was that guy on the group? He was my favorite. <laughs> he like oh, he, he like private. He private misses me. He like wanted uh, to take me to the head. Oh, Fraser. Fraser, Fraser. He could be a listener for all we know. Yeah. Like he was passionate yeah. about his causes. They might have been a bit but, like, misguided. He, just started, but he, was he started playing. He started, he started playing the the man, yeah. not the ball. Yeah. And I really wanted him to play the ball. I was like, dude, I don't know why you scrolling through my profile as well. Look at my pictures from like ten years ago. Maybe it would help if we could just give, uh, for like our overseas listeners, just give a breakdown of how the quota system, how the yeah. target system works, yeah. and, and why, why it actually, why it's necessary in yeah. South Africa. Uh, I'll, I'll do that in a second. I, I, I just want to say, like, in, in yeah. Fraser's defense, um, he does have quite a close friend from Sri Lanka. Oh, yeah, I, so I don't think, remember what fucking Asian country the I think guy that, was. From. I think that that, that should count as favor. So. I was sitting there. I was like, I know it's an Asian that, country. That, that, Asian like country. it was pretty bad, but that, that made it like, two times worse. When he's like, no, I've got a friend from Sri Lanka. Yeah. No, no, he didn't even say that his mates came to his defense and said, no, no, he's got a friend from Sri Lanka. <laughs> yeah, because he'd been he'd been kicked out the group by the by the time that happened. Anyway, okay, yeah. so back back to the back to the topic. So, sorry, you know, sorry, sorry guys, can I can I just have? Uh, uh, I like Sri Lanka. I've been there. It's really nice. Um, yeah. So sorry, sorry, guys. Um, I'm sad to miss this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go now. I'm sorry. Okay. Apologize to to the listeners and you guys. Yeah, thanks thanks for coming on, Jim Chen. Perfect timing to leave as well. Just as it's Yo, heating up. Yo, this is the, just just, up. Like, like yeah. this is what we've been building up to for eight months and now I have yeah. to go. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very suspect of this <laughs> move. Uh, can, can, I, can I also ask that no, no, one, no one read anything into this, please? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like we've all just brought it I won't tolerate talk of Sri Lankans in my presence, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, 
Enjoy. I look forward to listening to this. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, Cheers, so Nick. Just get back into it. So, right. Ben made a good point. We need to explain, first of all, to people listening from outside of South Africa um, exactly what we understand by the two different terms. And it's important to point this out. There are two different uh, terms that we're going to use in this conversation. The first is transformation. And the second one is quotas. And a lot of people make the mistake of using them interchangeably. And you guys can jump in if you feel like I've got a I've got a skew angle what on about, this. Uh, what about targets? That's also a so, word that's... Uh, yeah, targets is, is, a, is a euphemism. Targets is a euphemism for quotas. Uh, mm, that's used a lot now. So I just thought just but I think that, to raise that there, point. Yeah, that is a valid distinction. But just for the time being, so... A transformation is a very, very broad term, and it's not just a rugby term. It applies at pretty much every level of of South African development because what it refers to is is progressive movement towards a more equal and um, equally distributed and more efficient future. So it's taking the the status of a particular industry or company. It can operate on a, a low level like a company or a team or, in this instance, the entire rugby landscape. So we're talking about not just the Springboks. We're talking about Springboks, Super Rugby, Curry Cup, Vodacom Cup, Varsity Cup, um, club rugby, high school, and even probably junior school rugby. We're talking about every level of rugby in South Africa. We take it as we find it. Um, at the turning point of democratization since 1994 and over the course of the last two decades. And you take a step back and ask yourself how representative is rugby of South Africa as a country? And if you're honest with yourself, the answer will be it's not very representative. We all know that it's traditionally been viewed as a white and particularly Afrikaans sport. And obviously South Africa, in South Africa, white people and particularly Afrikaans people um, are, are a minority so it's disproportionately representative and that's not seen as a good thing transformation in very simple terms refers to trying to bring South African rugby in line with the true nature of South Africa as a country and as a group of people and making it more reflective and more representative of the entire population would you guys agree with that definition? Yeah, jeez, dude. Jaja, you said earlier it was, it was prepared. It was very good. Okay. It, was, it wasn't prepared, wait, wait, wait. but I'm, I'm happy for you guys to add in if you think I've missed anything. Um, uh, I'm going to set this yeah. I dropped, so I missed, like, most of that. Okay, cool. Let's assume you agree. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think, yeah, Alex, Alex must send you, like, a voice note on that one. That was quite a... It was a moment. It was one of those moments you had to be there, kind yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> I understand, and I feel so bad. I've been trying to get back in as quick as possible. I don't know about that. No, but anyway, no, so no, cool. Uh, all right, I'm glad. I'm glad we can agree about that. Now, for yeah, me, yeah, uh, just wanted to just make a broader uh, cultural point. Yeah. Um, this is for people from outside South Africa about uh, why rugby more so than it's say cricket, for example. Crickets also had um, had had its. Um, I guess we would call it history with transformation, but not to quite the same degree or sensitivity as rugby. Rugby, I guess, from a cultural perspective, 
particularly, uh, I mean, uh, all people in South Africa play, but particularly with the Afrikaans community, uh, rugby has played a more important role in uh, community life compared to cricket and other activities. So it's just, historically speaking, I'm not talking about current times, uh, it's just it was a game very much embraced by the Afrikaans community. Um, so that's why it's also, it's, maybe it's slightly more sensitive. Also, dialed into the history of apartheid and so on and so forth. So I just wanted to, it's a very broad cultural context. It's, it's just right is a bit more sensitive than yeah. any other sport. You, you, yeah. and you, you can Google, you, you can you can Google a lot of this as well. Yeah. Just for yeah. all the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just, and watch, <laughs> go watch, go watch it, Victus, if you haven't watched it already. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, so, so to get back to the definitions, because um, we can get into the real meat, meat of the conversation. Transformation is the real big picture. It's it's the long-term view towards a, a more reflective and representative South, uh, Springbok team, ultimately, or rugby, the whole rugby landscape. Quotas, yeah. the yeah. quota system is is a subset of transformation. It's, it's a very specific, it refers to a very specific type or mechanism for transformation. So... Transformation is is like the end goal, and quotas. The quota system is like a means to an end, and quotas are what Adam was referring to just now as targets, where the government, together with South African Rugby Union, have implemented minimum thresholds of rep, of representation. So that applies at a Springbok level and at a Super Rugby level, and at a, any professional level. I don't think it applies to club rugby. Um, I'm not sure. But basically what happens is that the government comes along and says you have to have a minimum of X percentage of non-white players in your in your squad and in your match day 23. And sometimes they also um, specify it has to be in the starting lineup. So you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I think, is it currently 40%? Is that the target? Um, it's... The target is, I think it's 50, it's 50, yeah. 50%. The, so going, yeah, going into the Rugby World Cup, it's supposed to be okay. 50. Okay. Is so, it, and is that sort of conduct, I'm sorry, at least broken down between, um, let's say, um, uh, non-black, non-white South Africans, yeah. uh, and then just black South Africans? Is there a distinction there too? I, I, I can't, can't quite, quite no, remember. I think, it's, I think it's just players of color, so it's non-white players. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. no distinction between, like, you know, um, Indian or what we refer to itself as as coloreds, or yeah, sorry, you know, it's a very it's a sorry, it's a very local term. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's yeah. very pejorative. Yeah, please, yeah, please, it's, it's please also Google if anyone's listening. Yeah, yeah, it's Google a lot of this stuff as well. Yeah. We we really, yeah. we really don't try to offend anyone. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Yeah. If so, if, uh, if, yeah, if, if by some miracle this episode makes it to America. Um, yeah. <laughs> Please be yeah, assured. I'll, I'll, it's, not a, it's not a slow. I'll be, I'll be a sellout as well. I'll be called a sellout as well. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys better represent me. You see, Mr. Kai. Oh, Alex, Alex, I need legal <laughs> aid. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the thing. So, anyway, so it's very simple. Fifty percent of the team must be non-white. Fifty percent can be white. So that's what we talked about with quotas. And um, Sia Khaleesi's point that I understood. Uh, well, actually, hang on. I've been I've been talking a lot. I don't want this to be a monologue, so I'm gonna, I'm actually going to throw it across to Jam Jam, and and ask you, man. You you listened to the clip with Sia, so so what do you think he what do you think he was trying to say? Okay, um, can I just start off by saying that um, I am a very big Sia Khaleesi fan, 
So I'm sure you you've know you've known this. Um, yeah, we all are. I, 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 since 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 high school, yeah. I've specifically watched him from high school. Um, us being in the same year and being coming from the same city, I was I was fortunate enough to see his development as a rugby player, and I still think we haven't seen the best of him because. He's sort of been thrust into some of uh, these like captain positions where he's not a he's don't get me wrong it's not that he can't handle it but he really when him and Scott Berg, if you remember when they were playing together I don't know if you remember but I felt that was his that's his that's his style of play and that's when he's at his best and he needs a little bit more of that but um, back to what we're focusing on uh, what he actually said. I think uh, it was very unfair of um, the people who reported on our side who had watched the clip before the clip became available to uh, just take that little bit out of what he said. And why I say that is because, um, as you know, I like my American sports references. There's a, there's a famous clip of Alan Iverson who... Um, who they, they took one bit of his clip to sum up what he was saying throughout the conversation. And if you look at the whole conversation, if that little clip is not a fair representation at all, but that's all we ever get played. Like even on those like ESPN flashbacks, it's all it's just that clip and people's reaction to that clip. So um, I already think it was a little bit unfair, but I also think Sears point altogether he could have articulated it a little bit better and I guess that goes that goes down to the media team the everyone uh, beforehand who can prepare him for these sort of questions that will be asked um, and uh, I think the like once again um, the attack on his family was was I think that was very unfortunate and uh, if you're talking about transformation, He's him and his family have really tried to play a role in trying to make uh, transformation work. And uh, if we're going to bury a person for trying, um, I think that's a little bit unfair. Mm. But um, at the end of the day, I'm also open to um, different opinion. I just feel that he was he didn't he didn't articulate fully what he wanted to say. And I think literally, I I. This is my opinion once again that the the sometimes the English barrier can be a bit of a, a, a I guess a, a a block for him actually saying fully what he can because I can obviously um, I can I can speak and understand Tulsa so I've heard him speak on like Parker which is a yes. predominantly uh, Tulsa show on uh, Super Sports um, and if you just hear him speak Tosa there, and when he gives interviews in Tosa, it's it, it's much more different in English, and that's just home language versus a language that he learned properly in about grade five, six. Yeah. So um, yeah. yeah, I just want to sort of get all those facts across just for anyone listening that mm-hmm. there's there's a couple of things that we need to factor in mm-hmm. um, before like making an opinion and everyone's opinion is valid, but also try to get as much information as we can before 
we just end up bringing his family, which I I, I, I really don't, don't understand the obsession with uh, that one. But yeah. 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 I mean, just to add context to that, I don't know if, if it, it it should it shouldn't be relevant, but it is relevant to what Jam Jam just said is that his wife is um, Rachel Khaleesi, so she's white, and that that seems to be. I don't know, for some people that seems to be objectionable and like a lot of the abuse, because he's not on Twitter, for example, but she is on Twitter and she gets a lot of abuse from people on racial lines. Unfair, unfair as well. well, Very unfair. Completely, yeah, unwarranted, like like illogical. It's it's irrational. Like, why would you hate on someone because they married, like she's white and she married a black guy who obviously but, do, love, but, uh, love each other. What I, what I want to know, do, do, do they, do, like, can you wake up every day saying that their relationship and their family situation affects you that much that you yeah. really have to have to have a go at her for every single thing that she does? Yeah. She was not asked, she didn't ask to be, she didn't, she didn't as, as a kid, write down in a diary, my goal is to be, um, see a Khaleesi's wife. No, they happen to meet up as any other people yeah. would do if they're in a relationship and take it to the level of marriage. And I just think people need to have a little bit of respect at times when, they, when they're discussing things like that. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's a pretty messy, messy situation. But to get back to the, the real sort of topic is, um, Sia, for me, what, his point, so... If you don't know, already know his story, then it's it's a pretty amazing story. He's from um, is he from Butterworth originally? Um, he he grew up in P in Port Elizabeth, but I don't know where his okay. like ancestral home is. Okay. But he he grew he grew up in uh, Port Elizabeth in yeah. the in, in one of the poorer locations. Yeah, and yeah, he's he's I I mean I can I can I can give you a bit of insight into that if you if you'd like. Yeah. Uh, just for the fans, quickly, I can give you a summary. So he he grew up in a um, a very very uh, poor uh, background, and uh, the he was able to play. He was introduced to the game of rugby, but um, he didn't have uh, a good, should I say, uh, setting in terms of um, his uh, family. His family was very uh, disjointed. Um, Mom, mom and dad weren't really around, and uh, he sort of had to move in between family and relatives and stuff. So um, he, that that obviously played played a role. But then he was he was uh, fortunate enough to be scouted for um, the young uh, Eastern Province Elephants, I guess at the time, uh, slash the Kings. Now um, they upgraded themselves from Elephants to Kings. Um, yeah, he uh, he was scouted at one of the the Craven Week sort of tournaments, the junior tournaments, uh, by a school called Gray High School, a very well known rugby school, uh, brother school to Gray Bloom in Bloemfontein, who obviously like the the front runners of uh, producing Springboks or in recent history at least. And uh, from when he got to Cray, he hit the ground running in grade seven, and uh, he he did some amazing things. Two years SS schools. Yeah. Um, he was uh, 
he was really uh, a standout player for them. He also led uh, Eastern Province in his under-16 year. Um, he, he played a major role in uh, the, the, the Craven Week tournaments that he played in. And uh, like I said, he's a two-time SA Schools player. And uh, for me, he really was special to watch, um, especially when he announced himself in his grade 11 year. He, he played some amazing rugby. And uh, the, the marquee game for them is when they play their brother's school, Great Bloom. I was fortunate enough to be able to lie on my way out of watching St. Andrews vs. Marlowe to go watch Great Bloom vs. Great PE. Um, and he, he, that's, that's when he announced himself and said he's he can actually that's when you can see this guy can take it to the next level and obviously by that i mean professional and actually have a full career and i mean for, to come from that yeah. the hardship that he's come from losing his mother at a young age as well dad not really in his life that sort of situation yeah uh, not not growing up with his other siblings and a lot of the the stuff that he's faced to become Springbok captain in that short space of time is 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 crazy development in my eyes. No, absolutely, and like it's a re- it's a really special story. His, as you say, like he had an absentee father, and um, his dad famously had never watched had never ever watched him play rugby before. And until he got to Bok level. Until he got to Bok level. Amazing. For Sears, you they his dad had also his dad had never also been on a plane before. And when Sia was playing his first ever game for the Springboks, he was on the bench. And they were playing, I think, in Bloemfontein. And he, they paid for him, for his dad, to fly from the Eastern Cape, from Port Elizabeth, to or East London, I think it was, to Bloemfontein to watch um, Sia's debut off the bench. And yeah. again, his dad, his old man, never ever watched him play rugby. Sia came off the bench within the first 15 minutes, I think. Someone got injured. Might have been Skalkberger. Someone mm-hmm. got injured. On a board, sir. And he came off the bench. It, it was again, it, was he not at home? Did he see him not play at home? Because I feel like that P, that test was in PE against oh. Scotland. Okay, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe is, I'm wrong, is, is, sorry. But, but, no, no, but I, I, I do know the first time his dad actually watched him live, that was an event in itself as well. Um, and they did fly him up, you're right. Yeah. But I think that his actual debut debut was... Off the bench, on a porter from if I, that's how I say I'm, I, I, oh, okay. I'm part of Big Sea Police. I might be confused, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the details are, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, for him specifically, I've paid a lot of attention to details. Sure, sure. Sorry, I, 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 I defer, yeah. defer to your knowledge, absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so <laughs> the, reason, the reason we're talking about all of this is because he drew very heavily on his own experiences in this interview about transformation. And the point that he was <clears> making was that he was able, he was given these opportunities. To go to grade to grade PE, where he was exposed to a lot of a lot of small factors that played into where he is today. So, for example, something he talks about is is the role of nutrition, the fact that he at a at a school like grade Blum, uh, grade PE, sorry, he was being fed six meals a day, you know, obviously three main meals and like a lot of food, and he was exposed to very experienced and knowledgeable rugby coaches. And he was able to play, like James James said, he got two years in a row playing SA schools, going to Craven Week and performing in front of scouts and, and uh, other coaches and selectors. If he'd stayed in the environment where he'd, be, he'd grown up in, he might still have made it. He, he might have been 
someone like Makazola Mapimpi who gets discovered in you know from a township rugby club or something or you know a lot of guys who didn't go to those good schools uh, you, you do yeah. you do hear those stories and it's it's a lot of people were criticizing him on Twitter saying oh what you, you think we have to go to model C schools to become successful and that's not a, that's not his point his point is that yes you can make it against all the odds if you grow up and, and live and work in a township you can make it but it's not easy it's not going to be easy and the fact that people criticized him for that point for me is mind-blowing because it, it, it's 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 it only makes sense your facilities are better it's not saying that he this only only Cray would have been able to develop his talent. No, people that and people don't want to understand that it's not what he's saying. He's saying literally, how would I have gotten six meals? Yeah. That would mean literally his whole community coming together, which is difficult because they are under tough, tough financial constraints. Yeah. Whereas, excuse me, the, the people who are bringing him into Cray PE can bring him in at a level where he can get access to, like you said, the nutrition, get access to the coaching, the gym techniques, the small things that do are, are an advantage. It's a, there's a reason why it's called an advantage is because you are better placed than someone else, and it's not no he he's not saying that that system is fair. He's saying that it does need to be addressed, yeah. but he also has his opinion to how it needs to be addressed, and it. Like I don't understand how you cannot understand, like want to talk about that part of it where he's not saying he would never become a speed. He just says it would have been a harder road, which is true. Yeah. It's yeah. it's uh, exactly. So so it's social social ills as as they say. Yeah. It's not it's not exactly specific to see it. It's just mm. it's it's unfortunately a situation we have in this country. Yeah. But so this is <clears throat> this is his point. He he. He's saying in, in this interview that transformation needs to begin at the grassroots level. And this is a very common uh, point that people make um, against quotas. Because <coughs> they, they, they see, okay, the Springboks have been told 50% players of color in the Rugby World Cup squad for 20, 2019. And they turn around and say, no, 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 we shouldn't have quotas. Why should we have forced targets at the top, at the highest level we should be uh, focusing on grassroots transformation now that's a false dichotomy obviously it's not yeah. you don't have to just pick one of them right you can yeah. you can do yeah, both. the two aren't mutually exclusive <laughs> not you mutually don't exclusive. have to and like so for people to pretend like every time you add you you put a black player in to the spring box you're taking food out of the mouths of a township rugby player at a high school that's not how it works right they're, they're two sides of the same coin, and yeah, and that's exactly the yeah. problem is that is that people don't want to deal with the they they want it to be out of sight, out of mind. They want to say, spend the money on rugby balls and fields and coaching clinics and and nutrition at a high school level, at a junior school level, uh, or at a, even at a club level, but don't come to the spring box. Don't change our spring box. Do it elsewhere. It's it's what's known as like a not in my backyard approach, a NIMBY approach to <laughs> development and, and transformation, and it's it's very short sighted because again people don't understand that they they actually are two sides of the same coin. 
Now, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you guys, and I'm looking forward to hearing what both Adam and Matt have to say on this um, when I let them get a word in edgeways. <laughs> I personally All don't. Right. Still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of, um, of coerced, or government. Yeah, let's say government coerced um, targets. But what do you mean? I, I don't think that the yeah. government should be saying you need to have fifty percent black people in the in the team. Or you're not allowed any international but, tournaments. But I'm only I'm only not a fan of that because I think we should be doing it anyway. I think that the I think that having forty to fifty percent or whatever black players in the team is that is the natural outcome of a proper functioning healthy rugby industry in South Africa. And until we have a healthy functioning rugby industry in South Africa, I think that we need the quotas to get there. So in other words, we need to get <clears> to a point where we don't we don't need the quotas to still be representative. And until we do get to that point, I think that quotas are a necessary part of that journey. So in my mind, having a number on a piece of paper that you have to meet is uh, a necessary evil. And I think that in the mm. once, if that if we do if we transform rugby the way we're supposed to, including grassroots, including quotas, and including a few other mechanisms, we'll get to a point where you don't need to be told to have 50% players of color in the team. You can slowly chip away. You can slowly chip away at stuff like the quota system because you will have that natural conveyor belt, but it has to be created yeah. with some tough policies at yeah. times. Yeah. So we'll get we'll get there naturally. We'll get there inevitably. We don't need. We won't. We shouldn't need quotas, but we do need quotas. That's. I know. Sorry, I took a long way around to get there, but that that's the way I feel about it. Um. So yeah. Um. What do you guys think? I'll I'll I'll, I'll chip in. So I had a different tone of voice because I was just blown away again by your speech. It's like prepared, uh, prepared oratory three. Sorry. Did you, yeah. did you like? <laughs> yeah. I've been very rehearsed stuff here. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, let me go the record. Freestyle. None of this is rehearsed. None of this is rehearsed. I swear to God. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, no, I'm, I'm, busy, I'm, busy playing, I'm busy playing computer games at the moment. Like, that's what I do while we, while we record podcasts. Uh, so you can tune that and multitask. The trick is, the trick is to go into, auto, into autopilot and then just let your mouth talk while your brain is playing computer games. That's what I do. So, um, go for it, Adam. Yeah, well, yeah, well like, overall, um, well, I, I generally agree. Uh, with Alex. I think it's just important to note also that it's unfortunately you can't treat South African sport just like sports. It was generally the argument made by those against uh, targets, quotas, whatever you want to call it, saying no, you shouldn't get it involved in sport. Sport should remain sport. But in South Africa, nothing is ever black and white. Excuse the irony in, in using that term. Um, everything, everything, in, sorry, you're going to say? Excused. Excuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think I, I know during the apartheid days, they uh, when they, when the boycott against the African sport came out, the the line given. I, I'm probably going to mispronounce it, but it was very much like um, no unequal sport for an unequal society. And South Africa, even today, is still very much an unequal society and still dealing with the structural ramifications uh, of what apartheid did. Even the, even our towns and cities, if any if anybody's ever been to South Africa and drives around. Uh, the, the way that the urban planning even took place uh, had the apartheid ideology in mind. And when it comes to rugby, 
One thing that always, one stat that I know that I noticed, I can't remember when. It's just uh, at Grand Como week level. Maybe I think it's under 16 uh, level. Then Craven week level, under 18 level. You're generally dealing with quite highly representative teams. But it's the jump from under 18 level towards uh, semi-professional, um, semi-professional and uh, franchise and provincial level, uh, a lot of players of color disappear from those levels. And at, as we speak now, the major rugby unions in South Africa are still run by uh, white South Africans. To put it that way and in certain senses it's very natural human nature for you to let's say you have two players and let's say you're a coach and you culturally identify with one player more than another uh there might be a tendency just to choose that player it's not exactly an intentional choice but there's these very subtle ramifications that that occur every day in south africa and i mean i don't i don't suffer these things i'm a white male uh, i'm incredibly privileged in my position so generally my knowledge of this stuff is from what i read so uh, personally speaking it's more than just about rugby. It's about it's about the country as a whole and the South African rugby team beyond just being a rugby team that we hope wins the World Cup. That would be nice. It's been a while. Uh, it's just about it's also about statement about what South Africa is. And if South Africa, if the, if the Springbok rugby team maybe initially was, I'd, I'd like to argue all the players currently in the squad are there on merit. Unfortunately, their name gets tarred somewhat uh, by being a quarter quota player. Uh, going back to what Ashwin Williams has said to Nas Boerts and Nick Mallet. On Supersport, being called a quota player uh, was insulting. He was just stating that they did not earn their place in merit. Um, but firstly speaking, if you don't have players of color entering the team, how can younger players, people who've never ever played rugby, have someone to look up to to play the game itself? It's a bit of a it's a vicious circle in a sense. How do you know that you'll be welcome in a team and fit in in a sport if you don't see people that look like you and speak like you and sound like you playing that sport? Uh, as well. I mean, being a big cricket fan, the likes of Makai and Tini and Mfineko and Gum, uh, and even lately, Tim Bavuma, they all made very big statements in getting people involved in the game. And the likes of Sia Kalisa, Chester Williams, Kaya Molotana, Onan Kumani, all these sort of guys who are pioneers uh, for Black Rugby players at Springbok level, um, they've made a major impact that's very difficult to measure, uh, the impact on the country. And for South African rugby to really survive, uh, we, it can't be a minority sport anymore. It really can't. And I believe... Personally speaking, if we're able to tap our full population into rugby, we'll be the strongest rugby playing nation on earth, personally speaking. So beyond it being a, beyond it being a political necessity, I firmly believe in, in targets, uh, right now to your point, until the point when we don't need them anymore. Which, what that point looks like, I'm not quite sure, yeah. <laughs> but that's a, but that's a more, that's a difficult, difficult yeah, let's point. Get, yeah, let's get on the road and go down the journey at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's start the journey of that road instead of, just, Constantly trying to block it, but can I can I add a, a point before? Yeah, um, it, it just just quickly, um, I want to know South African government, the Department of Sports and Recreation, their checks and balances. Like I've never like you know, there's usually a state of nation address, and like they need to have more of a state of South African sport like sort of address, and like actually also take a bit of ownership. I don't think they. I think they set these targets and then they just like come back in four years. They're like, oh, we expected it to be done. And you're like, no, nah, that's not really how it works. It, exactly. You guys also need to actually, I want to see Department of Sports and Recreation at all major rugby tournaments and they're not just watching and being in the, in the seats of the boosters actually saying, no, why am I not seeing black players being picture at the the whatever franchise it is, I want to name franchises. 
uh, I don't want to disrespect franchises, but I'm sure you, you could be able to get officials in each province to be to say, no, listen, yeah, we don't actually, you guys don't look like you guys are um, listening to anything that we're saying. Yeah. We're going to actually crack the whip now. But I, I don't know if I've seen enough of that. I, I, I actually, I think I can actually answer that. I don't, it's, I haven't seen enough of it yeah. actually. No, I, I, I think you made a really uh, good point, and I think that, yeah, that's, that's not, part of the problem. With yeah, that's the, how you. Can... Sorry, go ahead, I'm scared. Yeah, no, just, sorry, I said that. I think uh, you make a very, very well, just to copy Alex, you make an excellent point, Jam Jam. That's in. That's when you get into window dressing. Players who and, and players aren't fools. Players understand when they're being chosen just purely on on the basis of color and not merit, just for the purposes of meeting targets. It's something that has to be. Con- nurtured year in year out through age group group level etc etc and there are shortcuts to it um which i guess maybe quite succinctly takes me back to the point uh it's i mean uh, targets in south african rugby i believe are an absolute necessity uh, at the stage beyond a sport uh, just from also a practical practical reason like south african rugby will not be sustainable if it is not a game uh, enjoyed by everybody in the country and does not become yeah. One another of the majority sports, along with football, for example, yeah, in South Africa. And, then just from, and just from an ideological perspective, uh, I think it needs to happen as well. Because the South African rugby team means a lot more to everybody than just being a simple rugby team. In many ways, that the All Blacks do too, which is just a show of, uh, I guess, world pride. Small island nation, best one of the best sports teams on earth. So just, uh, I guess, to, to round it all up, yes, uh, I believe quotas, targets, whatever you call them, are absolutely necessary. Uh, I think... The sausage of how you make them effective is tricky. Uh, I'm not an expert in that, but I think I think this is be jammed in a certain way. It's it has to be consistently managed, and then maybe one day we will reach that point. Where we don't even think about it anymore. Like now, exactly. I, I can say happily so is that when the Springbok team is picked, I'm not really thinking about it all that much. Unfortunately, people raise it, uh, but as I said, all the players currently in the team, they're there in merit. And on, and just a final point, just on Rassi Rassis in particular, at least he's been very open about it. Uh, more open than previous coaches in the past, at least, uh, by comparison, which helps. Uh, people are just talking about the straightforwardly. Instead of it being poke and dagger stuff, like you follow South African cricket, the Justin Ontong incident back in 2002, mm. the Jacques Ruloff damaged the game for years and years and years. Even in 2015, um, the semi-final. Uh, like, South Africans aren't dumb, uh, I think if you just dealt people with dealt with open cards, <laughs> yeah. people get it. We're not fools, um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's necessary. It's just unfortunately, it's I just to say, Matt does. Um, it's just a highly and understandably emotional subject. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that, those are just my thoughts on the matter. Anyway, um, I've got a couple more things to add, but Matt, you haven't said anything yet. Do you want to do you want to chip in? Oh. At this point, I'm just echoing what you guys are saying. I mean, you guys are saying, like, like I said, what Adam said as well as a good point is there's an inspirational value to having guys of of color that you can look up to playing, and that one is one of the ne- like almost one of the necessary pluses or bonuses of of having quota goals in the team and that and what you've been saying about how both sides of the, the same coin you have to be doing transformation and quote grassroots transformation and having guys having guys playing at the top level at the same time you can't you can't have one hand it's a, it's a cycle it's you can't have one hand without the other and yeah so I mean, yeah, I'm quiet because there's not really much for me to add at this point. I mean, no, you guys are covering pretty much everything. Oh, fine. I mean, yeah, don't feel pressurized to say anything. But, 
it, level, it levels the playing field. But at the same time, you need subsidies. You need to take players who are coming out of those schools anyway, even before the tariffs have had their impact, and you need to give them a, a step up. You need to give them a boost to get them to the same, to get them into the market. And <coughs> over the course of time, once, and I think we, I think we're getting very close to that point, by the way, because I think we have an enormous amount of black talent in rugby at the moment, more so than we've ever had previously. But more importantly, it's being recognised by coaches and selectors. And I think we're getting very close to the point where we can do away with quotas, do away with the subsidies, and rather focus on the tariff side of things, being giving giving non-white players proper selection, giving them a fair shot at making teams, giving them equal resources, etc., etc. And we fa- we have a phase-out approach where we do away with quotas first, then we do away with transformation, or not transformation, um, sort of development next. This is now long-term, like 50 years' time maybe. But we end up at a point where the rugby market is has an equilibrium and it doesn't matter that you, you come from a, a township or a school that historically was not able to compete in terms of rugby, but in the future we have an, a, a market where everyone can compete equally and it doesn't matter. So we shouldn't see quotas as a permanent feature in South African rugby. We should see it as a stepping stone to a system where people can get a fair shake and be selected on merit alone. But we also need to acknowledge that we're not at that po- at that point yet, because that isn't happening. And there is still bias in, in the way people get selected. Um, yeah. That's true. Uh, can, 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 I, can I just say that, I want to say that, um, Imagine if, like I said, people did take it like seriously, and I'm talking about from government and also just from the rugby, right, from SA rugby in general. Um, you, you are right. You said there are a lot of black players at the moment in Super Rugby teams and playing in the Pro 14 with the Kings and uh, Cheaters, etc. And um, that's that, and that's not from I don't uh, I. Th- Hello? Ooh, Jandra, you're breaking up. Yeah, it's uh, just you're going to have to wait for this thought to finish. It ops Wi Fi, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm playing color. And okay, wait, Jam Jam. You went fully cyborg on us for a minute there. Yeah, you're yeah. Oh, internet. Poor connection. It says poor connection. It's still poor. Uh, no, it's fine. Better now. It's better now. So you guys must be my king's speech. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Uh, I don't want to repeat it. It was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Can you summarize this for us? I think this is going to be the nicest of this fucking episode. Yeah. I'm... Disruption. Oh, oh, there you go. Uh, there you go. All right. Yeah, listeners, we do apologise for the technical interference. Uh, too um, close to home. That's yeah. why. I think. Uh, so can I? Can I maybe? I think we're gonna wrap this up for the next couple of minutes. Yeah. Can I maybe suggest yeah, yeah. like uh, an alternative way forward that South African rugby should be taking, or a, a, a different yeah. approach? I think that yeah. a big part of the problem is we got this top-down government saru authority that is being imposed upon rugby clubs and teams and i think that a lot of the 
the resentment stems from that the nature of that relationship and the fact that coaches mm. are kind of or unions are kind of told or it's strongly implied that if you don't meet these targets you're not going to get any money from sorry you might get fired and there's a lot of resentment and a lot of coaches resent and are bitter about the fact that they have to basically meet this national standard that's been imposed across the board irrespective of, of context I think that what needs to happen is that there needs to be more constructive engagement so there needs to be a, an annual meeting between the Ministry of Sport and Recreation SARU and each one of the unions and I, I don't just mean uh, the franchises I also mean like Boyland Cavaliers and Border Bulldogs you know Southwest District Eagles all of the teams there needs to be a direct liaison from SARU and from the ministry that deals with each of these teams and they sit down and they say okay what is the transformation plan for this for this club <clears throat> what is your situation what is like what are the demographics in you know for the border bulldogs as opposed to you know free state cheaters for example what do you think like what are you what's your representation like currently do you feel that's good enough can you do better and then how like what do you think is achievable in the next year so the free state cheaters might say look it's it's tough for us like we we have the one of the best i, I, I think in south africa in terms of great bloom and it's really difficult for us to to ignore a player who's coming out of first team great bloom and you know drop him for a, a player that no, maybe no one or very few people have heard of blah 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 and then you can say okay well that's i understand that but you also need to understand that great bloom's not the only school in, in this province so let's think of ways for you to integrate your team with the rest of, of, of Free State. Even if you can't pick a player right now, you need to have like a slush fund to one side where you identify promising players that get, you can pay for them to get a rugby scholarship to go to Shimlas and let them play a year or two in Varsity Cup. And then you, you'll be able to point to your supporters and say, look guys, this guy's just as good as the, the head boy from Grey Bloom from two years ago. He's now getting the player that rocks in, fan, in, in, in Varsity Cup we have to pick him for the free state cheaters, you know, or whatever the case may be. You come up with a game plan that is specifically suited to your franchise and you come up with, with targets that you set that aren't imposed on you by government and then progressively you say, okay, cool, you guys can only do 25% players of color this year. Okay, that's realistic, but then next year we need 30% from you and by 2021, yeah. you've got to be at 35% because we need to, we need yeah, to start yeah. seeing progress from you guys. Yeah, it can't just be a spike out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, 50, 50, 50 is like, and without telling us how to get to 50 as well, is also, I, I don't think it's fair on mm. uh, a lot of people involved in rugby because you put 50% in a very short space of time. And uh, it always makes me think, does Alistair does Katia also have a tell all book that he can maybe write and just ex Ooh, yeah. maybe explain some of some some of those pressures that he was under. I feel like he was he was he was just he was thrown into the deep end, and I I I, I don't know. It, it could it could be something he never wants to talk about yeah. for himself personally or fully engage with. And I and I I fully understand why yeah. if he chose not to. But um, at the same time, I think we could tap into his knowledge just to understand like Alice. So what were some of the difficulties in being told to accelerate 
mm. a program that's been neglected essentially and that's been neglected at the highest level yeah. and then just to be told to win uh, um, maintain the springbok culture and 50% all in one like yeah. in like two years that's that's pretty unfair it's not really, <laughs> like it's not I, 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 I feel sorry for him at times i really do i feel like yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that, and that's kind of my know. point. Is that I don't think that I don't think that the minister, the Ministry of Sport, and I don't think Saru set these quotas or these these targets in good faith. I don't think that they have the agenda that they say they have, where they're like, no, 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 we we genuinely think that we're going to see fifty percent black Springboks winning the World Cup next year. You know, we're confident that these quotas will not be a problem. I think that they know that it's a problem, and they they overestimating it because for them it's a win-win. Either the coaches do what they say, or they don't. And if they do what they say, then they can be like, yeah, we, we transform South African rugby, you know, vote for us again, for example. If they don't, if they fail to meet those targets, then they could turn around and be like, ah, oh, guys, rugby is still captured by, you know, um, white Afrikaners, and we, the government, did everything we could to transform it. it you know, they, they are the problem, not us. If they really care about transforming rugby, then they'll sit down with these guys with the you know the managers for all these teams and say to them guys what's it going to take from us to get you on the same page what do you need from Saru to meet these targets what are realistic targets and there, and, and, there, and and there has been engagement like that but um, let's be let's be honest as as uh, and let's give an honest opinion hmm. it's the delivery you know we it, it's it's throughout South Africa, even in corporate, the delivery at the end of the day is, it's fine to have these conversations and these fancy meetings and these fancy um, gala dinners, but if there's no checkups and no one yeah. actually being paid, like, given the proper resources to make the change, yeah. it's very unfair to expect it to happen. Yeah. Just naturally. I think, yeah, there needs, to be, there needs to be some form of accountability, uh, certainly, I think, in terms of uh, where the buck stops in this. Um, actually, we've been going for quite some time now. Okay. I think we should uh, wrap up. I think it's been a very informative conversation, yeah. uh, I must say. Uh, just a final thought, I, a thought, I guess, of everyone, starting with Matt. He's been very quiet. I feel like you'd be oh. busy doing a poiki, poiki or something like that. He's been very quiet. <laughs> well, I'm just listening. Brunch. Brunch trip. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, yeah, just a final thought then, maybe, Matt, from you. Since clearly you've been listening the most, often that means the person who speaks the least, there's a Chinese proverb of uh, the person who speaks the least uh, holds the most power. You, you've, said, you've, you've said very little. Listening, so just your final thoughts, just maybe on transformation, uh, I guess, just to wrap up yeah, the episode. On, on every, especially that comment that Alex made on the Ministry of Sport, like it's almost like they appear to be doing quotas in bad faith. It always feels like whenever we hear the word Rugby World Cup and we sort of see that 24-month countdown start, then Ministry of Sports like all of a sudden remembers, oh, fuck, yeah, we actually have something to aim for now. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you never hear yeah, fuck sit, all sit from Ministry of yeah, uh, you never hear fuck all. <laughs> I promise you, listen now. <laughs> the, the, from 2020 and 2021, you're not going to hear Ministry of Sports say fuck all about quotas in rugby. Yeah. 20 near the end of 2020 or near this end of 2021 start of 2022 you'll be all of a sudden ah oh, oaks here's here's the new goal and you guys are clearly short i mean remember when old 
Minister of Razzmatazz popped mm. up and said, you know what? All of these sports are, sh- are shit at transmutation by transformation, yeah. and none of them are allowed to do international tournaments anymore. Yeah. And I mean, that was like a bullshit comment. Uh, or not? A, look, one, he did have a point, but he literally just came out of the middle of nowhere and just said, look, guys, we're just removing the one reason why you'd be using quotas in the first place and trying to tr- strive for transformation and yeah. just getting rid of that one incentive we actually have or you guys have. Yeah. And it would... So, and he was he was also partying with Floyd Mayweather, which makes that does <laughs> not as that as as anti transformation as you get. Yeah. Him going to him to go watch Floyd Mayweather fights has absolutely nothing to do with that fifty percent target that he yeah. said. Yeah, yeah I, but, I, I really don't see how the two match up. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, so so yeah, get to the election yet, Matt. Oh, fuck, yeah, no, exactly, sorry. Yeah. So, why does rugby always seem to wow. coincide with an election year? Fuck. Is, is that, is that, do you think, do you think that's a coincidence, or <laughs> it's just like, um, let's have all our bases, let's have all our bases covered in election year and just look into rugby, <laughs> and, yeah, see if yeah. we can just, you know, get a percentage or two, the sellouts like myself um, can be swayed by it. That's just my one thought that that sort of that comment Alex made about you know in bad faith and it's always something that you always see that like you never it's nothing 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 and now like with Alistair with Tutti he was what two three yeah he also that he was he was sort of behind the scenes like pushed around and all that and then right when the shit started coming around then Minister of Sport jumps out and says no actually you're the goals yeah you're like why is that. Yeah, so I guess my my final summary of everything, my take-home message, I guess, is I want to see more from the authorities in terms of real meaningful uh, transformation that is that has long-term benefits. And I want to see the unions coming on board. I want to see Western Province or Stormers, you know, publicizing and, like, tweeting about, like, guys, this is our plan for transformation. We're going to be open and honest about it. You know, we this is what we aim to do this is how much money we're putting into clinics or whatever. So I wanted to both part, both parties need to come on board. That's the one thing. And then the second thing is, I think we, we need to get to a future. We need to get to a situation where quotas are, are neither needed nor like even considered because not one player in the South African team currently doesn't deserve to be there. Not one. And yeah, no one for, for anyone, but like, but, but there are people out there who still will say, see if Khaleesi's a quota player. And, oh, God, yeah. you know, like Jam Jab says, like, in, no one who saw him saw him play at Grey PE or for Eastern Province or for SA Schools or for Western Province or for the Stormers or for the Springboks can can say that they, that he's a quota player. Like, that's, it's it's ridiculous. It's outrageous. And if if we can get to a point where we don't need to have that doubt, then I think it'll help a lot. Um also, I want to add that for every player, because they have, I I do believe that there have been quotas in the Springbok rugby team in the past. I think there have been players yeah. of color who didn't, who were yeah, not the best players in their position that were there for that reason. But, and I I think this is a point that needs to be made very clear. For every player of color that was that has been in the Springbok uh, team, because they were black, there has been at least one player in the Springbok team who was there because they were white. 
Look, there were like 60 years of an entire squad who was yeah, there just because I, I, they I'm, were I'm white. Just talking, <laughs> yeah. I'm just talking about yeah, the, yeah. I'm just talking about the modern but, day. Yeah, I'm, talking, yeah. I'm talking about the last 15, 15 years. Some, I'm talking some, about some guys nice, like... Some nice butter. Yeah, yeah. Nice butter. No, sure. <laughs> sure, but like, I, I'm talking about professional era. I'm talking about the last... Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 like, no, no, I was just making a cheap joke. Guys like, guys like Dion, <laughs> De- Dion Stephman or whatever, like, you know... Like, Dean Kraling. Dean Kraling. There's a lot of there's a lot of very that, very average that, white players. A, I think that could be us. That could be quota. That could be one of the, like that. Dean Kraling could be a quota in some yeah. circles. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's <laughs> the thing is that he could be one sixteenth something. Yeah. One sixteenth yeah. black maybe. I don't know. We can, <laughs> we can do yeah. the research. But it goes, <laughs> it goes back to what Adam said: is that it's a cultural. It's not just racial. It's also cultural. And I can understand. Yeah. I can understand why a coach like Heineke Mayer, he he he's more comfortable with a very average rugby player in the form of Dion Stechmann, who who you know um, is polite and calls him Urm and does what he's told and goes to church on Sundays. Doesn't Dion, have tattoos. Yeah, no tattoos. Great. That's Dion. That's like Heineke Mayer's dream captain for the Blue Bulls, basically. That is really. Where, and then you get a player it's coming. It's like a, Factory. Yeah, and he, or you, Factory. you you get a guy like Elton so, Jenkins yeah. who's got like a a dangerous haircut and he's got tattoos all over him and he, you know, he doesn't call you yes worm or yes sir or whatever. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he does, but you know, it's. I reckon he does. I think so. Yeah, there is, like I think I think if I can just just chime in a little bit just so we don't take it too far, um, <laughs> just time wise. Yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, we're, um, we're I think. That point. <laughs> I th- yeah, I I think to be honest. Um, it, it it that that's a, that's actually a very good point to sort of uh, finish off for is that I think Alton Yanchis just wants to be treated the same as Dion Sekwa hmm. and respect that <laughs> respect that he res- okay yeah it, it, it sounded it sounded better in my head. <laughs> Just thinking about it is pretty messed up. I, I, I take, I, are they take bags in the group? <laughs> no, 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 look, it's incredibly valid point, especially choosing yeah. Dion Stark one. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're full of Dion one. well done, actually, because he, he, like, he looks like you could, play him you could ask him to start at wing and he will do his research and make sure that on Monday Heineken Mayer has a wing or he'll be fine <laughs> he'll find a way to do it. Die trying. He will he'll get the job done and die trying as fifty cent would say. <laughs> um and, <laughs> but yeah I, 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 I'm back on the comparison. I think the you must just you have to also, as Heineken Mayer, open yourself up and understand that the two cannot come, like the two genuinely don't come from the same background. They had different upbringings, and that may that is influenced by the past. Just give Alton a fair shake, or at least uh, make the attempt to understand what is um, what 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 is outside of what his comfort zone is as Heineken Mayer. Heineken Mayer has to step out of his comfort zone. Yeah. Same way um, Alton is by just uh, having his haircut, and that's that's he's he's entitled to have those you know things about him. And you must maybe understand who his influences were as a kid, where he grew up, instead of just thinking about what you know. And that's just the standard, yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, all right. Well, I guess my my final thoughts, very brief, is just yeah. I think authorities uh, they just need to be consistent. Play open cards to the public because South Africans were not stupid, and also just not have uh, transformation kind of what Matt was saying. Just can't suddenly suddenly become important and something to be done about it yeah. without there being consistent build up with it. As as I mentioned a little bit earlier, Rusty Erasmus um, and it appears in the Springbok setup. They play open cards with it, they chat about it, they know it's reality, and they de- deal with it and they get on with the job. So I just think that uh, as long as everybody is communicating and open and honest about it and uh, at least taking a semi-long-term view, uh, I don't know, when it comes to bureaucracy, I'm always worried <laughs> that they make it to the long term, then we yeah. should be okay. That's the uh, that's all. So, um, yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, Oaks, thank, thank you very much. I think that's probably one of the most informative, professional, uh, and mature discussions. Yeah. We've ever had, and, uh, and there was a lot more we could have said. Brought, as well. brought to you by Jam Jam Productions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and um, the, where's, where, do you, where are the checks? What, 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 where can I say the check must go to? Uh, um, for uh, charity, charity of your choice. <laughs> this yeah. little cameo uh, appearance. The, the charity <laughs> of my choice is uh, Caprice. In <laughs> it's a club. It's a club in, it's a club in uh, Caps Bay. It's. Uh, it's a it's a rugby club of some sort and uh, <laughs> very focused on developing yeah. <laughs> relations amongst each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jam Jam, thank you. Yeah, but thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, Jess. I really appreciate it. And yeah, please uh, uh, call again and Absolutely. don't please take me. Oh, well, one day I follow online yeah. episode. Uh, all the Lions fans, we, we can have an episode. Everybody else, like, they can get screwed. So uh, yeah. maybe we can have that. We can have a, yeah, a two-man chat. Very, 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 very open about how yeah. we just back Lions and not everyone wrote us <laughs> off and yeah. how um, our current eighth man wears a durag. Um, I, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with durags, but... Uh, Who wears a durag? Um, da- Daimani, he's um, he I don't know why he he wears a durag on off days, so mm-hmm. at least it's not to work. Yeah, okay. uh, I've, 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 I've I have tried to reach out to him about it, but it's I guess it's a Craig David Scorsan <laughs> thing where it's mind your own, a bit of mind your own business, jam jam, and stay in your lane, please. Thank you. And he's <laughs> earned sh- that. He's I, earned I, that. I shook hands with with Daimani uh, not too long ago. That guy has the biggest mm-hmm. fucking hands I've ever seen. Like he's 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 scary. Another reason, another reason, I, yeah, another reason why I turned it down on the durag jokes. Um, <laughs> these guys can really hurt you. Yeah, I, that's yeah, why yeah. I, I like even now. That's why I, I think it's good that you guys gave me so much time to get to this point because there's some really heavy hitters like Kitschoff and stuff. They can if I like had to bring up anything negative about him and I see him, I'd have to walk the other way quickly. <laughs> and he'd probably catch up to me and ask me why I've been talking shit about him on podcasts. And I'd be like, hey, do what you must. <laughs> Let's get this show on the road. Hit, hit um, me where it doesn't, it won't hurt the most. That's why we normally, <laughs> we, that's why we normally yeah. target the Sharks players because none of us live, live in KZN, yeah. so we're normally quite safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we safe. Anyway. Thanks, thanks. Thanks, thanks. thanks Signing out. Yeah. Cool, Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. Much love. Thank you very much. much. Thanks to everyone listening as well. Cheers. Yes. Cool. Right. We are we done? Yeah. Yes. We are done. Cool. Can you just uh, 
send this to me. I'll edit it a little bit later. Okay. Then, yeah, then post it. Be two parts. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll send you mine as well. I think mine might be complete. One, one big one. Yeah, you might. Yeah, rather send me, rather send me, rather send me. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Alex's. Okay. Um, and I might, and I might just post the transformation discussion as a separate. Way. We'll post the whole episode, okay. and then the transformation discussion by itself. Okay. I think as well. So end up being a full episode. Yeah. I think. So yeah. Uh, if you're looking for like a, okay. a preview thing, I think there was that bit where where Ben said something about the sausage being made, and Jam Jam said something quite funny. Um, yes. Oh yes. I'm a fan of sausage making sausage, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry okay, guys, cool. I, I feel um, quite responsible for how long that took. No, it's fine. It's per- I don't think you could have cut it down though. To yeah, be fair, I don't know. Like, expensive. Even as it is, like I feel like there's so much shit that I still could have said. Um, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You can't shorten that conversation. Yeah, that's a tough one. Huh? But anyway, cool. Thanks, guys. That was good. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Cheers. Bye.